The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? That's right, folks. It is the Combo Chronicles. We are back for the new year. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Welcome to 2099 and also welcome to the Combo Chronicles. I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can also find me at TB Caps on Instagram. And, um, well, does the news nurse need Reddit if, if you are so pleased to? And with me tonight for the, for the, I wanted to say the 199, but you can't do that. Uh, the 2099 season <laughs> one, agent underscore 70, which you can find at agent underscore 70 on Instagram and Twitter. What's up, everybody? That's right. And we, well, I would say we were starting off with a merry new year, but unfortunately, after well, we'll get to that after I finish the, the, the introductions. Actually, um, not with us tonight. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, I Need Comics dot com, Pop Culture Network dot com, and well, I guess soon as that whatever that um that 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 Vine alternative is going to one starts uh, in a couple of months, we'll be we'll uh, put that out too. And also the Osiris it is one Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter D Click Nation on Twitter that's D K L I Q N A T I N D Click Nation dot com C B Cron on Twitter and also he writes for comic book uh, comic book resources so you can go check him out over there hopefully uh, within the next week or two when we do um, our twenty eighteen predictions which ought to be pretty good this year uh you know we will have both of those guys back on the show from their various endeavors but until then you can find this podcast on the uh cspn network that's the cold slither podcast network at cspn.us do it today right you'll be joining us soon 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 uh, subscribe to this podcast on Google Play and Apple iTunes. We're on Spotify, and you can also go to the Cold Slither Podcast Network's uh, SoundCloud channel to check us out there. And I will mention again, we're on Spotify, folks. The new hotness. Uh, you can also go to shop.cspn.us and get some merch from this fine show and uh, other shows on the CSPN network. Unfortunately, I don't have anything on me right now, but that's okay. You can go to that link and go find the stuff for yourself. Support us. Help us out. Help us, you know, bring this nice, great content to you. And on that note, we will start out on a somewhat somber note by um, saying rest in power to... One, well, actually, two, one mean Gene Okerlund of WWF, WWE fame. And also two, one Bob Eidenstein. Is it Einstein? Yeah. Um, AKA, oh, yes. AKA Super Dave Osborne. 
which if you're of a certain vintage, you know that name. But some of most of you probably know, which I did not know this. That he was on. Uh, he did a a stint um, on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people know him from. So right, and you know how things happen in in threes, right? Uh, right. This is obviously be- before our time musically, but the captain of Captain and Tennille right as well. So, which his, honestly, his I thought Daryl. He- his his name is actually Daryl Dragon. Holy cow! What a cool name. Right, that's a hell of a hell of a name, isn't it? <laughs> I actually didn't. Um, I thought he had been passed. So I feel bad about that. Hmm. Like who? No. Actually, you know what? I well, I'm a '70s kid, so I the name Captain Antonio is, you know, I know the name. Put it this way, and yeah, I do remember hearing some music, but it was like, wow, that's a name I hadn't heard in many many years. So, but, absolutely, but yeah, it's definitely starting off um, 2019 with some with some with some bangers here, you know. But uh, with that, you know, we will not let that deter us. We will remember these folks finally. Um, and I couldn't I couldn't think of a Kevin and Tennille song right off the bat, but that's all right. Regardless, we're going to get into these here comic books. Actually, we're going to, since we did not do a show for the last week of um, 2018, we are going to start with the books that came out, which granted were not that many, uh, from the last week of December. And we're going to start off with The Wedding of the Century in Fantastic Four number five. All right, this is something that we've all been waiting for for ages an actual comic wedding that goes through spoiler alert i know right you know for real and i say this with you know with all due respect to all the other uh weddings that we are supposed to get uh over the last year or so in comics specifically batman and catwoman more and kitty and classes which both more more recently the actually no not more recently but actually um uh, a wedding that where a, a swerve or a curveball was thrown was the uh, kitty pride and colossus wedding mm-hmm. because somebody got married that day it just wasn't them right which actually yeah and come to think of it the book for those two people came out this week and i didn't get a chance to read it um exactly that was gambit and rogue by the way come on. We ain't exactly. spoiling it at this point yeah basically so, um you know <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so you know, in this issue we have um, something that we had missed out on to this point because they had already had a book out that displayed uh, the story of Alicia Masters's uh, bachelorette party, and how and I kind of thought it was odd that they wouldn't put Ben's bachelor party in the same book. I thought the same thing, and I was like, why would you not put this? But then I guess in order to inflate. The, the 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 this issue, I guess that's why they put it here. Well, maybe it just sort of kind of played, you know, that, that uh, either the bachelorette party didn't play into the into the uh, narrative as quickly or as easily as this one did, because it mm. felt like a natural progression. Well, and to to a point to where there's a panel or two when they're getting ready for the bachelor party, pretty right. much comes out from. From that uh that issue, from that wedding right. special, from the uh, from the wedding party. In fact, because yeah, because we see you know like we see them coming up, we see the part with Johnny talking about all of his exes, 
you right. know, the at least the other side of that anyway. Right. Um, right, 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 right. Thundra apparently coming with Ben as as opposed to being with her, which I don't remember seeing her in the wedding special book. Now that I think about it, but uh, and now we know why. And now we know why. Right. <laughs> so, which that part with her, with her when she when the, uh, the couple of times she pops up in, in this issue was pretty great. Sure. Um, from what I remember, which when yes, yeah, so we're going about a, a year. So they actually put a lot in this issue, but yeah, some of it could have, you know, could have gone into that wedding special. Specifically the uh, the the bachelor party, which you know it, it worked out here. It, I thought it was I thought it was done pretty well because yeah. it all, you know, it, it, it definitely fit into the narrative, and I love the fact that. There's a couple of things that were really fun. One, as much as Spidey is like uh, <laughs> a part of like the like one of the closest parts of the extended family of the FF, mm-hmm. even Ben is just like, no, no, no shenanigans, yeah. no capes, nobody else at the wedding, just the media family. The funny thing about that was, was like technically he's the he's you know he is the cape that's going to be there, but then again, it's his wedding, so it's not like you know whatever, whatever, but um. And everybody, you know, in, in addition to the other actual family members. Right. You know, but still, I, I get, you know, what he was saying was like, yeah, I got it, you know, you know, not, you know, and no scroll business. I like how they brought up, uh, how a Reed brought up. Um, exactly. Like giving people blood tests because they don't want it. It was like, yeah, Mar- Johnny married the scroll and Johnny married Alicia, which was a scroll, which right. was a, kind of an awkward point for there, but that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So... And then, of course, you know, Reed being the the best man, being Reed up until the time of the wedding was like, okay, what's what's going to happen with this? And it turns out it was like Reed was like bound and determined for the the wedding to uh, go off without a hitch because in a move, I guess moving forward, because uh, I can't remember. Well, I want I will go back to the bachelor party in a second because I want to bring up the the one part, but um. Um, the, you know the wedding goes off, and uh, and of course there's an interruption mm-hmm. of the wedding by one, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, Victor Von Doom, who. So here's the thing about this. Okay, he interrupts us and saying, "Hey, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> Galactus is coming. He's he's here in La- Laveria, uh, Latvia, whatever." Latveria, yeah, yeah, and Latvia is Latvia is actually (laughs) that was the thing that used to mess me up when I was little. I was like, wait a minute, Latveria, Latveria, what, what, huh? Okay, but um, um, but yeah, so he was like, don't worry about it. I'm taking care of this. Doom will save us all. And I'm sitting here thinking, one, didn't we just see this in Marvel two and one? Like, or at least the the end result or a end end result play out of this in, in that issue. Kinda. I mean, granted, it's it probably is not going to go the same way that did, right. but still, I was like, wait a minute, we kind of saw something something along those lines uh, happen, and then of course, you know, uh, Reed did what he did, which that was the other thing about this because it was like, okay, he so Reed did what he did, and the wedding went on without a hitch, but whether with what he did, how no one would have seen what happened except for, I mean, everybody in the audience was pretty much frozen because basically he froze time for four minutes, for eight minutes, whatever it was. 
So everybody in the audience, including his son and daughter, didn't necessarily, as far as I know, get to see the actual wedding. Which I was like, well, wait, if you're going to do something like that, why didn't you just, you know, broaden it out a little bit so that, so that, you know, at least the wedding party and everybody would have been able to, I mean, not the wedding party, but everybody in the audience, which granted wasn't a big audience, you know, would have been able to see it. Oh, and of course, the highlight of the wedding was who did we get to see that we barely ever get to see in this, uh, who always, we always come up with um, talking about the thing. But Aunt Petunia herself. Oh, of course. Because we always get reference to Aunt Petunia's, Aunt Petunia's uh, Aunt Petunia, but, you know, but we never, ever, really ever get to see her. And sure enough, there she is. I'm like, oh, that actually gave me, that actually made me smile a whole lot. I was like, oh, shoot, it's Aunt Petunia. <laughs> I'm like, they're in Arizona. They're retired. Right. That's funny. So I was like, oh, that was, I was like, that was that was a nice touch. I was like, all right, they're they're, they're doing this right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, but you know, I've 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 talked enough for for right now. You got anything to, more to add about this? Or? No, you covered most of the bases that we needed to cover. Hmm. Um, I you know I I really liked that. You know, this is something that Reed Richards would do. This, you know, I rang the spoiler bell already, so right. you're you've been forewarned. Um, if you haven't read this issue yet, um, get back and read it because I really like the fact that, you know, when you when you when you kind of think of the the, the various super geniuses of the Marvel U on the hero side, mm-hmm. right? We're talking Reed Richards, Tony Stark, Hank Pym, T'Challa, and you know, like on a on a lesser level, someone like Peter Parker, right? Right. This is the solution that Reed Richards would come up with. You know, literally, literally taking them out of time for four minutes so that no one could bother them. Right. It was like, nope, this is going on. It was like, nope, we're not going to have the same thing to happen. Anything to happen to our wedding or any, or any other weddings that happen, you know, uh, you know around us happen. So <laughs> that's Reed's. That is Reed's solution. That's right. not anyone else's solutions, but Reed. Right. You know? Which was awesome because it was like okay yeah because once that the whole thing with uh, Doom came about it was like okay they're gonna stop the wedding and then whatever and then like nope <laughs> yeah we're doing this well, in, all, in all seriousness like you know I I was just thinking about this while you were talking about it like mm. what would what would Tony Stark have done you know like right. set up like an array of Iron Man you know or, or done something you know with like a defensive posture you know you would, what think, would yeah. You know what would T'Challa do? What would uh, uh, Hank Pym do? No, this is the this is a Reed Richards fix. You know, mm-hmm. so totally. But, but yeah, um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun to read because, as I said earlier, you know, I really liked the na- the narrative pace of this book was really just well. It's it was it was right on point. Yeah, I think Slot once he kind of kind of got over the difficult part of bringing back the FF. And that was a kind of an awkward issue to deal with for three issues of this book. Mm. But once they, you know, like I hate to say this, Slot is kind of hitting his stride with the last couple of issues of this book. I would agree you with know, that. Reading a lot easier, the characters sound a lot more natural. Um, you know, obviously he's changing a bit of the status quo because he's aged the kids, you know, coming out of um, Marvel Tune 1. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know, and, and their time displacement. So 
Um, it's, you know, it, it had to be something to adjust to, but I feel like, you know, uh, th- those first few issues of FF were tough. There was that kind of new villain that they were dealing with out in space and how they had to outsmart that particular villain was a little bit, you know, well, I'm sure that'll sort of like come how do get the story going, you know? Right. I'm sure that'll come back up. Oh, it will. It has to. But I really like the fact that, you know, it feels like Slot is hitting his stride with the FF in these last two issues. And it's kind of funny that it's, you know, that it's, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a walk down memory lane and a, a bit of a, you know, kind of a family get together that makes it all come together. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of uh, going back to what you were talking about with uh, Tony, Tony and Sajal and them. So they did. So going back to the, the bachelor party, all of them showed up except for Tony Stark, which we found because if you look at that panel, like yes, we know that's supposed to be Tony, but that was totally um, that was totally uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, that they picture. <laughs> so it was like okay, it was like so okay, they which is why I had in my notes like wow, they invited everybody except for for Tony Stark, but they got Robert Downey Jr. for this, and 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 obviously some of the people on that panel look like their MCU, you know, look a little closer to their MCU. You know, counterparts. <laughs> so, and then they had the they had the um the funny part about it was so yeah I guess we probably should have brought that up first but regardless of the reason why I'm coming back to it now is because of what they did for the bachelor party was kind of dope because it was kind of like a a almost like a greatest hits of the thing. Oh sure, because they brought back like um when well, I brought back but they brought up like Vance Astro and them so so and um wait was Quasar there I don't remember I don't think so but regardless um they they uh the UCW mhm they they uh they went to they, they 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 went through that Thundra you know I'm kind of actually surprised that they didn't go when or they why well, they didn't do it in the uh, other book but I guess in the other book they kind of they didn't really go through like all of his loves, but let's face it, it was regardless of who else was around, you know, or who else came and went, it was always about Alicia. So I understand why they didn't do that. Right. Exactly. You hit the nail right on the head. That book was more about Alicia's uh, side of the equation Mm -hmm. and dealing with her dad as well. So, right. So, and, um, out, but the, the, the bachelor party part, especially with like Thundra, so, because Thunder kind of uh, went along with uh, Ben and them, and ended up um, hustling everybody. <laughs> and again, we saw what looked to be like you know even the the the, um, the visualizations of the the people there even looked like their MCU counterparts. Like especially if you looked at Thor, you know, and whatnot. So that's that's a whole other side thing. But that whole thing was funny. And then it fights broke out because in Johnny's well intentioned, you know. <laughs> Hit <laughs> well-intentioned last-minute planning, just kind of went out the door, and then there was that whole the scene, the scene with uh, Ben and Johnny talking, and there was like a real brotherhood with them because you could see you you could have seen that you know coming out of uh, Marvel two and one, and it still plays out in his here because even at some point earlier in the story, you know, Ben was like, should we talk about this thing that you know the thing because like I mentioned earlier. You know, Reed brought up the fact that Johnny had married a, uh, a scroll version of Alicia, which was kind of, you know, kind of awkward. So, but then, uh, but then they that ended produced up... so many that produced so many stories. Yeah, the, the character's name was Elijah. My God. Mm-hmm. 
My so, goodness. But like I said, top to bottom, this uh this issue was was pretty well done. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And and you know, as we were saying earlier, it's nice that you know the wedding actually went through. Exactly. When so. and still ended up going into what we're gonna go into next issue with right. the whole Doom thing, which I was like, right. okay, and they came back to it, which you know, no surprise there. Right. But um, yeah, like I said, it was a great issue all the way around. So not surprisingly, potential click of the week. There you um, go. So let us move on to actually another pretty decent book from last week. Uh, Superior Spider-Man number one. Okay. So this book finds us catching up with uh, Otto Octavius now running around as uh, I forget what his le- first name is, but his last name is Tolliver. Elliot. And, oh, Elliot Tolliver. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he is, we, 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 we kind of catch up to him post Spider-Geddon and he's establishing himself as the hero of San Francisco, or at least one of the heroes of San Francisco. Yeah. And, um, you know, as always, uh, an appearance by Stiltman, you know, brings a chuckle. <laughs> right. And this is the first. This is the first villain that we see Otto take on uh, in his role as the protector of San Francisco, and it's pretty funny. Hmm. So, so a couple of things come to mind with this. Like one, they bring up the night shift, which apparently his his uh, supporting crew, or at least parts of the the the, um, the night the night shift. Right. Right, they've always been West Coast based. Exactly. I don't know if they were always San Francisco based, but definitely West Coast based. I want to say yes, but now that I remember they have shown up in like the the West Coast Avengers, which that's that's what I was gonna say. They were so, West Coast Avengers, uh, not maybe not a mainstay, but definitely right. a feature. But they pop and, in, yeah, especially potentially, or especially like the Shroud, you know. Which who didn't show up in this one, so I don't know if he's still actually around or not. But regardless, it doesn't doesn't really doesn't really matter. And I was gonna ask because I don't know if you needed if this end of that part came out of Spider Getting or not, or is all this just coming out in this issue? What's that about one? His moving to San Francisco and and hooking up with the night shift was that that all just come out in this issue? No. It's all been it's all been developing in the background of uh, amazing actually in some of the other okay. spider books too gotcha and uh of course you cannot well i wouldn't say you can't go far but um i guess it wouldn't in the surprise that another character from um the superior spider-man's run um original run comes in who's probably one of my favorite characters uh, of recent in the spider spider universe anna maria marconi Mm-hmm. So and she who quickly deduces the fact that um that uh she knows who he is after after one thing he said to her, you know, as he said well, I was about to say, I think if, if if you want if you're gonna treat this as you know, strictly uh as like the number of times that she's met with this Tolliver guy so far, I think it's been like uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's taken well, her yeah, that I guess long, but point. it's nice in this issue, right? It's nice that in this issue that it comes out right away and she's as smart as they write her as. Right. Yeah, she continues to be. So, you know, and that's what I've always loved about, about the character. You know, just, you know when Slot was writing her. Um, 
so yeah so we and apparently she's she's none too happy the fact that he's around but you know so we will see um as as they as they were talking and then something ends up uh, interrupting them coincidentally you know and that's something being the <laughs> which is another this is a, a actually i don't know terex has probably always has been this cuz terex as a a um a starting arc villain has has come up on on a few, on a few different occasions in in history so it's slightly a surprise that it would show up in well i guess maybe not it's slightly surprised to show up in a, in a spidey book even though i think this is not the first time the terax appears in a in a um in a spidey book i'm fairly certain he's he's shown up in the past before Listen, I don't doubt it. Um, but I don't remember if that if that is actually the case. I'm sure someone will correct it if if that would be the case. I just I, I like that uh, they immediately are trying to test this new superior Spider Man. Right. Although we already know because we've talked about this the last couple of times um, that we've we've had a show that we know what's going to happen. It's because mm. you know, given solicits and given you know, I guess Spider Verse kind of kind of um, brought it up as well. If I'm not mistaken, I'm still have not caught up on Spider Man, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I could have recorded. I fairly feel like I remember you mentioning something about something that's going to happen that we already knew because we had like articles or whatnot about it anyway. That's I don't to- necessarily think that's gonna that that exactly is gonna happen. But mm-hmm. we'll see because if you recall correctly, um, it's not this Spider-Man that ends up wielding the Captain Universe power. I feel like I've seen something that says suggested otherwise, but yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Again, I said again. I don't. I did not read. Um, I, I haven't read Spider Geddon, so I do not know. Right, like I said, it's not this one, but right. it's definitely one of the other Spider-Man uh, characters that we're familiar with. Sure. So, um. I just wrote, you know, in my notes just reminded me that uh, it, this is a good first issue in that we there is a good recap of how the character has gotten to this point in his life. Mm-hmm. And that's important for anyone that's picking this up because it has gotten pretty convoluted over the last like five years or so. But this is this issue does an excellent job of recapping it, condensing it, and getting us to the point where we're moving forward quickly with a new villain. And I really hope that this villain gives Otto the butt-kicking of his life. Um, that's just because, you know, Otto just makes me want to punch him in the face through the, you know, through the page every time. So, right. You know. What would have been more funny if, if Stiltman had gotten a shot off on him, but we know that one's going to never, ever, ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> What was annoying, though, to be honest, was that he doesn't say anything about how I kind of, um, I was kind of waiting for him to describe how he was able to stick to silicon coating. Right. Well, you, know? you could, but could you, but you could tell that his webbing was definitely different from the normal spider webbing we used. Oh yeah, because so it's, yeah, because it's colored in. It's, right. It's, uh, dark. But outside of that, yeah, you, if you weren't paying attention to that, it was like, okay, he didn't really say. And I guess it was like, well, it clearly doesn't matter. It's still, man. Who cares? It took care of it. But, <laughs> so, but yeah, that was that was that was amusing. All right. So yeah, we, we've pretty much touched up on that one. But yeah, that was a pretty good first issue. Um, I guess we oh, should... just do X Force. Yeah, because that's might as well get to the other red last week. Mm-hmm. 
and the the last number one from last week. Right. Or at least not that I remember anyway. Um so this is the pretty much the original the original team of X Force, if I'm not mistaken. Uh Sans Boom Boom, who we see in a backup story where she was in, in this, and they're hunting down uh, Kit Cable. But um, Kit Cable uh, um, also is on a mission himself in another country with apparently Deadlock, which we haven't seen. Actually, I'll take it back. We've seen him relatively recently because he's shown up in like the S.H.I.E.L.D. books as of a few, a couple of years ago. And he was running around in the X, the, the, um, the most recent, uh, Cable book. No, I mean, um, where where was he? Like yeah, the Deadpool. Deadlock is no Deadlock has been running around in the X universe more off more recent, relatively recently. Maybe it was the last volume of X Force. Has he? Huh. I didn't because I thought it was kind of weird. It's like X. I mean, Deathlock would seem to be weird showing up here, but I guess if he's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not. What's funny is that it's not as it wasn't as surprising to me because I do remember seeing the character relatively recently in um in the X in the X-Men uh side of the MU so mm-hmm. um but uh, you know in any event um uh, the the first thing that jumped out at me was the art in this because it's Dylan Burnett mm-hmm. and uh anyone who's been reading comics over the last year or two will recognize the style because this was in the Thanos limited series the limited series and um i remember this and 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 you know you kind of forgave it because it was very you know it very much um was forgiven by the colors and by the the nature of the story which was set in space with these you know super duper fantastical heroes i don't know if the art style is as um adaptable to the sort of kind of hyper realistic you know, a uh, story where, you know, this is a, you know, this is a clandestine um, strike force that basically has very few um, flashy superpowers. So I don't know if the art is going to be as uh, easy on people's eyes as it is on some others. Right. Some will say that it probably could be that it's rough like the team is. I'm like, basically, you got a team full of quote unquote killers. You know, right. mutants and and you know they're out to avenge their um their their former leader. So, which I guess you know I'm assuming Domino is the one taking taking lead on that one. From from the looks of this book, which mm-hmm. makes sense because you know she was kind of always the second to, to Cable anyway. Uh, in this dealing, so, but yeah, I guess I guess that was the case. The the parts with um. The parts with uh, Deathlock and Cable were pretty amusing, or Kit Cable, I guess you could say. Sure, because the their their whole banter was was pretty interesting, and I I kind of made it like um, likened it to Deadpool and Cable. Not, maybe not necessarily the same, but they kind of was like you know Cable was always a straight man, and you know Deadpool's Deadpool, and some of that kind of plays off in in that, but not necessarily. So, but it was that was all right. Um, but yeah, it looks like they got 
they got some problems in another country thanks to what happens at the end of this book or in, in, in during the course of this book. And then for the backup story, we see, you know, boom, boom, beam, boom, boom. And, <laughs> and, uh, did not get to be with the rest of the team, but I guess she's following lead, you know, as only she does. Well, wasn't Boom Boom like an agent of Shield up until recently? She, no, well, I think she was still with the team for a good for even when when that was going down. And yeah, I think she did show up what in that it? Hawkeye and yeah, in the, the Hawkeye the, and the Hawkeye uh, Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier yeah, I think she did show up in that, I believe. Which. Okay, that was weird. So, but yeah, but I think she was still with the team then, or she was definitely with you know sticking with the the crew even then. But I don't remember what was going on around the time to where you know whatever, because I wasn't reading the X Force around the time anyway. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm pretty sure she was she was she was still around that time. Regardless, you know, here we are, X Force once more again. Doing what what they do best or tend to do. So all right, so uh, we could just cover very quickly the the last. There were really only a few books published uh, during the week of th- of Christmas. That is, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we read. We each read one of the other few books that were there. Um, I'll just cover Uncanny X-Men number seven very quickly, semi-rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just now catching up on this weekly series. It's actually getting pretty good. I'll, I'll kind of get to get up to date with the uh, the story when we talk about Uncanny X-Men number eight that comes out this week, that came out this week. Right. Yeah, you were kind of down on this series. Um, right, and it's because I, skipped re- I stopped reading right when the big things happened. Mm-hmm. Which, well, I guess we'll get into it when you talk about that. This is starting to get yep. into Disassembled. Yep. So, cool. That being the case, let me go ahead and quickly get to the book that I read last week, which was GoBots number two. Far departure from the other stuff. Um, so, what we found out in this issue is that uh, as opposed to the Transformers like, hey, the GoBots come from out of space and they're settled on our Earth, this and that and the other, we come to find out in this universe that GoBots are human-made and kind of supposedly controlled because there's some, supposed to be a chip that's supposed to govern their, um, you know, keep them from harming mutants and apparently, I mean, not mutants, excuse me, humans. Uh, and apparently either that's on the fritz or no, actually it wasn't on the fritz. Someone tampered with them and it spread, which is why you have the likes of Psykill and other GoBots turning against the humor humans and running amok, uh, in this issue. Um, and yeah. And of course you have like, you know, leader one, which actually, this is the funniest part about this was like, okay, leader one, uh, Let's see. Leader One was doing the thing because he got captured by the, the the Renegade Gobots, but then he fought his way out of that. By and part of which, of course, led to a showdown with between him and Psykill, which again, if you remember the old Gobots TV show, happened a lot. And what also happened in that TV show was Leader One gets shot down. So that that was kind of funny to see that uh, happen in the course of this book already. Which I think this is like a five issue miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. So, and uh, this is only issue two. 
So it seemed like it's going somewhere. I will definitely keep up with it. Just kind of, you know, see if it actually does go somewhere. But um, it was amusing to see someone come out, uh, some of the, you know, some somewhat familiar faces because obviously you know GoBots being bootleg Transformers, you don't know a lot of people. Even if you were around at the time, if you were not of if you were a certain vintage, you still was like, eh. seriously, yes. So seriously, you looked at the relative that got you GoBots. Like, what did I ever do to you? <laughs> right. I remember having like I think I had. I'm pretty certain I had Leader I One. Bought, I had one GoBot. I don't remember what it was. I had Leader One, and I think I had Scooter. And I'm no, I didn't have Turbo. Um, I feel like I, there was a cycle somewhere around, but I didn't have them. So I, somehow I ended up getting two. I know lead one. I ended up getting. I don't know how I got Scooter, but I was like that was like, yeah, that was those were the days. But yeah, like I said, this seems kind of interesting so far. So we'll see where it goes. Um, Oh, stuff. All right. But now let's get on to this week's books. This being the, the week of, uh, I know q said don't say the years, but whatever. Um, <laughs> of mm-hmm. uh, the 3rd of January in this year of 2019. And I guess since you already brought it up, you want to go ahead and get um, Uncanny 8? Sure. So just to recap what has happened to this point in the Uncanny X-Men books, um, to this gone. point, um, the X-Men have been running into things happening around the world that have been set in motion by X-Men. One, Nate Gray, a refugee from the Age of Apocalypse um, storyline that happened way, way, way back in the mid-90s. So this character is unleashing his full power and is empowering um, his own set of uh, horsemen to uh you know to to uh to do his will basically making himself appear to be uh you know uh, a savior of some sorts and um you know we discussed uh on a show a couple our last show a couple weeks back that uh you know there's some issue that uh or some religious groups had about uh you know what happened to their um, their religious site and, and the portrayal of their religion as a false religion, but in the context of the story, that's what you know. That's what they were. Uh, that's what uh, X Men was trying to rid the world of. You know these uh, religions that didn't follow him. So that being the case, um, we've gotten to the point now where the X Men have uh, gone back and forth trying to reason with um, X Men and trying to you know uh, stage a full scale assault. On his base, um, what ha- what you have to remember is that at some points in this uh, in this story so far, David Holler, aka Legion, has um, has has uh, has shown up and basically saying, uh, you know, trying to stop everything from happening. But what ends up happening, as things are wont to do, is everything gets worse. Um, this issue finds. David Holler, the, uh, the 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 architect of uh, Age of Apocalypse, um, finding himself under attack by uh, Nate Gray, aka X Man, and uh, we have uh, an onslaught thing happen. <laughs> oh, no, right. I was going to ask you about that, and that was pretty cool. 
I was just like, wow, you know, that's actually, you know, it's it's a it's a remix on 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 things that we've seen before. It's actually pretty interesting. Mm. And you know, we just had a brief foray into what appeared to be the Age of Apocalypse storyline or dimension, but it wasn't really. It was just kind of a, a trip into the the mind of uh, Legion, but um, that was just a brief. A foray into the mind of Legion, but now at the end of issue eight, we have this onslaught thing happen. And, okay. and I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm, I'm spoiling it by not spoiling it completely. I mean, um, if you, if you, you, people of a certain vintage can get the, I, I feel like you can, can get somewhat of a reference to that. I mean, you know, right, right. So, so you know, I definitely recommend that if you haven't been reading this, it's probably worth reading now because now it's starting to make sense. It was a little tough going. It, it's tough that um, it's taken eight issues, but because they're coming out, you know, on a weekly basis, it's just, you know, one after the other after the other. It reads relatively quickly, even if you do fall behind like I did. I sat down over the uh, the the New Year's uh, Day holiday and just sat down and read what I need to read to catch up. Hmm. Which is going to bring up a, a, probably a question for later and maybe possibly... Well, maybe not when we get to year and the end of predictions, but whatever. Um, yeah, I've read like the well, I kind of skimmed through like the first page or two, and I saw the Age of Apocalypse stuff. I'm like, what is going on here? Let me stop reading this book. Mm-hmm. And you know, because I haven't been keeping up with it, but I'm like, okay, it's, it's worth reading now because now that you know that it's at least going somewhere that might be interesting, then you can go back and be like, all right, I'm going to read this and kind of absorb it. It's t- we we're we're definitely different readers now than we were before we were doing reviews and before we were doing a show. Mm. So I feel like I'm much more willing to give the story a chance to develop. Um, whereas if I were sim- you know, if, I, if you know, this might be tough. I might have to like hunt down back issues if I found out that the story actually turned into something good. You know, right? So okay. The, another question I was going to ask because seeing. Obviously, Nate Gray and Nate Summers are not the same person. That's that's beside the point, and that that's a whole other discussion for a whole other time because right. that, that whole Summers Gray thing is confusing. But so, well, that's it's you know remember the X Men multiverse started right. a long time before the Spidey multiverse. True, 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 true. Yeah, and there is that that consideration there. But I'm sitting here like because because. Part of it, and I vaguely remember this anyway, but uh, Messiah Complex. Do you remember that? Sure. Does does any of that play in here, or a little? But I mean, at the end of the day, that's just side notes. You know, like they they make a reference to Bishop's uh, not a cool relationship with uh, with Hope. You know, and they you know it, it does actually. You know, someone makes a reference to it, but Which... I don't remember three quarters of that stuff well that was also brought up in the exterminated uh which right. came out what was it last week or week for last it was probably the week for last right um but yeah that got, got brought up too because obviously since you know cable died and you know right that, and we have and and what's what's funny is that bishop is now back playing uh not a lead role but definitely a role in the in the uh, uh main roster of the x-men right so yeah, once again, it's the '90s all over again. But Seriously. okay, um, so cool. That is Uncanny X-Men number eight, and we shall go to. I guess we'll get to the books that we both read. And speaking of, Bougie free, walk like a champion. 
<laughs> okay. I was yeah. All right. Sure. Champions number one. That was <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was an intro. Yeah. In all seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, these are more <laughs> mid nineties references that we dropping on you kids. <laughs> oh man. But yes, champions, we got a new champions, which I thought for some strange reason I was thinking they said twenty nineteen. I didn't think it was gonna be this soon. I figured they would have given it given it another month because what the week before last we had just gotten the an annual and the week before that we'd gotten the last issue of the last volume. Only to come back, which I guess makes sense because I, you know, Zelda would have probably been at this point, at that point, kind of a end of the game, if not ahead of it, with whatever he was trying to do mm-hmm. to get us to this point. Which, so okay, so we find out that there's a, we got a new expanded roster. I feel like there's a there's more Avengers undertones in this issue than not. I don't know if you agree with that sentiment because of like, okay. No, no, I was just going to say just because of that in itself, plus a couple other things that kind of pop up. Kind of like the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, um, the initiative, the Avengers initiative and that like kind of worldwide recruiting. A little bit. There's gotcha. a little bit of that, or just in general, because you know, every now and then it's like, okay, Avengers is like, well, we got to go bigger, we got to expand the team, because uh, you know, the 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 champions were like what five mm-hmm. originally, and uh, with uh, Riri and Wasp ends up being seven for the core team, and now they right. have they basically have reserves and uh, you know a couple of different teams. They're almost like Titans in that. Weirdly enough, what I was gonna say is I, I made note of this. Um, like I'm, in, I'm really enjoying the the expanded lineup, mm-hmm. and what I like about it is that the roster's gone beyond the legacy heroes to include all pretty much all of the younger heroes right. of the MU. But I have one note, one quibble with this. Um, you know, uh, the age of in the you know, in the age of social media and connectedness, the growth of the team feels very organic. So, and it also makes this re- to me resemble. It's a it's a it's a mashup of both the Teen Titans, you know, mm-hmm. the, or the new Teen Titans, and the Legion of Superheroes because they're all the same age. All right about yeah, but some some still there are some because I think that one that the new well, that the new kid's kind of the youngest. Might right. Be. My quibble with this though is who's on the reserve roster, mm-hmm. and who did they say was on the reserve roster? Well, the name oh, that I Silk, the name that Red said, Dagger, yes, yeah. Was I'm like a... Silk is. Peter Parker's age. Well, but yeah, but if, but if you think about the Titans, Teen Titans, you, Starfire has been there forever, and she's she's was considered up until recently, are still considered a Teen Titan. Yeah. <coughs> so Excuse that so you know, um, that kind of still sort of plays, and, and Cyborg. Now that I think about it, because you you know, but they're on you know, they're on a Justice League team or a offshoot Justice League. Team, that's beside the point. But so, so yeah, they still there has been. I just felt like she was on the older side. I agree, so. and it, which is what I was getting to is like, yeah, they've. It's not like in, in Titans itself they have done that. They, they right. pretty much have done that. I know. mean, I would say the other side of the argument for this, and I don't want to dwell on this too much because we haven't seen Silk in the book yet. But I'm happy that she's included. Right. So which means uh, she will show up. Yeah. Right. I'm happy that she's included, but what, what I guess the other side of the coin is that. While she wasn't 
her while her aging wasn't slowed while she was in the bunker, her development was so she's still basically a kid, right? You know, trying to trying to live in a in a in a new you know grown up world where you know she hasn't had a chance to 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 see all the things that Peter Parker has seen up you know up till now. Weirdly enough, now you say that it kind of reminds me of that Netflix series that I didn't didn't even watch the Kimmy uh, Unbreakable Kimmy whatever face. Yeah, I never watched that, but I understood that was a, a similar uh, concept. Right. So, uh, which granted, the Silk thing came before that, so that's irrelevant. But, um, but yeah, it was like the the whole forums thing, which I believe somebody mentioned on uh, on Twitter was uh, was a Matt Rosenberg thing, and, and I, that I vaguely remember being the case. Right. And, and Zub's kind of taking it and, and using it for for this, which again, like you said, works out nicely. Mm-hmm. You know, but and we also get to see that from these forums that, you know, we got the ex- expanded roster, some of which we don't know too much about outside of, you know, because they as far as I know, they've not shown up right in the champions before this. So I'm assuming we're going to get some explanation on them. They have a teleporter, so <laughs> you got to have a <laughs> got to have a manifold. Yeah, got to have got to have a manifold. So, um. Uh, so you got that, and I'm sure again they'll they'll expand on all of that. And of course, there's just like the Avengers themselves, who have taken it upon themselves to kind of expand the roster over time, and you know through their ways. Uh, there's some things that go on in the background, which I guess we will or will not get to see. And I don't know if any of this has played out in somewhere else, like like what's going on with Miles. Mm-hmm. That because. was a nice twist at the end. Yeah, I'm just like, wait, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful cliffhanger at the end because you have no idea what just happened, how that's related to anything. So, except for you, yeah, you see that one panel that shows up uh, early on in the book, or one excuse me, page, not panel, but the one page comes up in the book, and it's like, okay, that was weird. But then right. you get to the the end of this issue, and it's like, oh, okay. Right. So with my question, what it was going to be is like, okay, well, because I know it didn't happen in his book because he his uh, his book just started, so it's not playing off of anything off of that. And I was wondering if, if some of that is playing off of some coming some from someplace else. Because I was thinking, it's like, okay, maybe it's something going on in his book, which again, like I just said, didn't happen, or something's going on, something happened in Spider Verse. You know, no, that, definitely that, in this book. Oh, Spider again, excuse me, but yeah. So it seemed like this is just into that, and we see the. Basically, some things happen with the core. Well, with I would say the core trinity in this book, uh, um, because you know Miles is going through some things. Well, actually, it was more than just the core because obviously that the whole Riri uh, Viv thing is still on the plate because you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the, the thing with Kamala and you know. Stepping up to be a leader, and you know, well, they had a quad. They what's funny is that because they depowered Sam Alexander, that really turned the team into, you know, kind of that that triumvirate of Miss Marvel, Brawn, and uh, and Spidey. Mm -hmm. You know that those are kind of like the the core trio. Um, Even though she mentions, you know, Sam. You know, as right. being the closest because obviously they were all on the, the Avengers together, and you know, exactly. the, from that came this, right? 
But apparently, yeah. So reading the the letters page in the back uh, uh, of this issue, apparently uh, Zeb's got plans for Sam outside of what he's doing now. Because apparently he's not. I don't want to say rele- relegated, but for lack of a better word, he's relegated to being pilot lookout. Which he's Rick Jones. Yeah, um, kinda. But the funny part about it is like again, kind of reminds me of something on the team of you know. Team Titan side of it because I feel like they've had some things like that happen before and but with but um, usually on that side ends up somebody's dying <laughs> when something like that ends up happening a few issues later so I don't know I'm not going to say that's going to happen in this case but you know like I said there's like there's some familiar undertones going on in that but like I said Sub seems to have some plans for 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 Sam in the coming issues. So we'll have to see what's going on with that. Side note. Yes. Do you think they depowered Sam because they want to keep Richard Ryder as the main Nova? Probably. Which but it still doesn't make any it, that kind of doesn't make any sense because in this world where you have Riri and and Tony and Miss Marvel and Carol, they didn't necessarily have to do that. And we've always understood that the Nova characters can constitute a nova core right you know they're like green lanterns right and so that was you know that's that's i'm I'm kind of disappointed that that's where they're going and if that's the case and what are they doing with richard Ryder? because then he's uh, supposedly he's going to be in i think he's showing up in guardians Guardians? when it starts but yeah when that starts back up i would presume that he's going to be in the guardians book Um, but outside of that they really haven't been doing anything with him if that were to be the case I mean, once they brought him back to life. Well, sure. I mean, for for uh, some time here and there, but it's not like they've done anything "quote unquote" big with him. And it's not like, as far as I know, I don't know. Has he interacted uh, interacted much with Sam? Yeah, has he? in the Nova book. Okay, see, I hadn't, been, I wasn't reading Nova, so I don't know. Yeah, in the Nova book itself, hmm. you know, in Sam's book, they were together for a while, and basically, um, you know, they kind of dealt with uh, what happened to Richard Ryder when he was in the. Uh, the Cancerverse. Yes, thank you. I couldn't remember the name of it. The Cancerverse. So, but yeah, you know, like I said, it's it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of uh, discomforting that uh, they're doing this to Sam Alexander and maybe right. not bringing him back as a Nova because I thought he was doing, I thought he was doing great work, you know, developing as a Nova character, and I thought right. that if we're not going to have a new Warriors then it's kind of cool that there's a Nova on, you know, like the, the current team hero book. Right. And I was thinking, <clears throat> cause even, and Sam kind of brought it up, you know, in, during the course of this issue, it was like, yeah, he lost his powers twice. And I was thinking coming out of that last, I was thinking that coming out of that last, uh, half of the last vault or the last couple of issues of that last volume, he was going to be powered again, but that didn't happen. And there was something early. Well, midway to prior to that to where they seemed like they were going to try to fix or do try to find a fix his um to get his powers back or something again didn't happen so yeah it don't tell and, the, and if and if they did depower sam to to put the focus on richard rider that's kind of stupid because it doesn't make any sense like for the for the reasons that i've already given mm-hmm. so we'll see and i don't know like i said it seemed like Sub's got plans for for Sam, so we'll see what happens with right. that. It's not like the character's going away, so we'll see right. how it all plays out. It could be part of a longer uh, story story arc, right? So. Or at least by three or four, according to the the other page. So we'll right. start seeing something then. 
But until then, we got whatever's going on in this book with you know you know the, the expanded team, um, you know some familiar folks coming back into play, uh, you know. However, they're planning on using that that reserve roster. I guess we'll we'll end up seeing that pretty soon. And again, like I said, what's going on with you know the quote unquote the the main crew internally. So that being the case, yeah, it was a pretty good start. I was like, you know, I, the only other thing that's missing is trying to find out about these new people that you know that that they're that they made for this, which I'm sure that'll that'll come up. Oh yeah, and they're, they're, they're I guess they're expanding. Um, which I guess we find out in the annual expanding uh, Snow Guard's role. You know, that's kind of a secondary lead or something. I don't, not necessarily a, a kind of a field leader or something. Or at least, but at the very least, they're you know they're they're expanding on her character because right. she's the most recent of these new, uh, one these of new, them, newly introduced characters. Mm-hmm. Even um, uh, where am I looking? There is was it the locust? The locust, yeah. I think right. Yeah. She, she had a couple of on. issues with her right. mm-hmm. in the first run, uh, the first volume of the champ, the first vo- volume of the relaunch champions. So, right. Um, you know, we've already seen this new Falcon. Yeah. Um, Power Man, they brought back the, the right. Um, really, it's just the Patriot. the Indian kid from Delhi named Koreshi. Right. I really hope they don't kill right away because they need him. Right. I was about to say, yeah, the fuck, like, if this is a Titan situation, they'd, they'd sooner kill Sam than, but this is not, obviously, that's a different company, different you know, thing, but, yeah. you know, I would see something happening to Sam before they, especially, that would be crazy to do, especially if it's like, okay, why introduce this person when you're not going to expand on him? But then again, because if they were going to try to do that, they would have expanded on him a little bit more than, you know, mm-hmm. than, than they have so far, which, again, Hey, we still got issues to come, so we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. It's only the first issue, yeah. but it's a good first issue. It is a good first issue, that's for sure. So, like I said, I, I kind of like I said, I kind of felt like I was missing something, but it didn't because everything was kind of playing out in this book from the stuff that we didn't already. If you didn't already read the the previous issue, uh, previous volume of Champions, which I think both of us were. So, mm-hmm. all right. That being the case, uh, let us get to the other big book of the, this week. Let's just do DC this uh yeah. I read DC. I read a DC book this week. <clears throat> yeah. It was in Crisis number four. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Okay. Um so so this is still going. Um <laughs> it's taking its sweet time, man. I mean, come on, he's got nine issues. He can he can he can you know roll it a little bit, but and I think this is kind of what we find out so far. This is kind of King, Tom King. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not necessarily playing a long. Well, he's playing a mid game, midly long game. I don't know. It's because he's got a couple more issues before he has to turn this around. You know, before he has to get somewhere, right? And he's kind of slowly feeding in stuff, which is it hasn't been a bad story so far. So I don't want to. I'm not trying to you know discredit it or anything, but it is starting to get to the point where it's like it doesn't seem like it's going somewhere even though it is like we get little bits every issue that's kind of what he's i assume what he's kind of doing with batman because i know he's playing a way longer game there right than he's doing with this but um yeah so what do we find out in this issue the well we got we had 
Well, basically, the main thing that kind of happened in this issue was that, hey, we found out that thanks to Superman's timely um, <laughs> revelation that he finally tells the Trinity, the rest of the Trinity, that the world knows about Sanctuary. And at the right. end of this, everybody finally knows. But outside of that, we kind of... I guess we know who did what, but we don't really because they're still investigating that part and they seem to still have some contention on who, because I guess they're st- singularly thinking that one person is doing, d- doing things, which um, may not be the case. And that's probably, that's definitely been playing out the last couple of, you know, during this whole thing. And we also find out that said suspects are trying to find out I guess find out what's going on. I'm not really sure in, in the case of Harley. Because um, she has a run-in with Batgirl, which I thought was a, a sanctuary thing, but apparently not, that's that's a thing that's going on. And then Booster um, is on its own. Which that part with Booster kind of confused me a little bit because I couldn't, wasn't... So, spoiler alert. Um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Blue Beetle shows up, not Jaime Reyes. But it looks like Ted Cord. Mm-hmm. Which is he not dead still? Dude, I don't know. I don't know anything about DC at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I'm so lost. Like this could be for all we know, this could be a dream sequence. Doug, where are you? Can you chip in? <laughs> right, wait, what'd you say? No, I said, Doug, where are oh, you? Can you chip I know, in? right? <laughs> right. So, and I was like, and almost went to go do some background check and see if that was the case. But I'm sitting like, nah, because you could easily, the way that the pace of this book, you could easily kind of plop this off as like, maybe Booster goes, it, this is all, that part was all in his mind. But you also see the parts where they show people doing like the, you know, the, the office style videos from Sanctuary. Right. Um, which would denote that they were alive when they, which, well, most of the people who were in front of the camera either have passed or, you know, have played some part of the book. Because obviously, what, Donna Troy's not dead. She showed up. Black Canary's not dead. They would, I would have been mad if they killed her. Um, right. I was, I was actually thinking about that because, you know, in our conversations about this book up until this issue. Mm hmm. That had always come up that the characters that you saw in those sanctuary videos showed up dead. Right. But and, as we ended up coming coming up in the last couple of them, like we saw the Trinity Trinity show up on those cameras. Right. So whether that was some some time based or whether that was current, you know, or obviously it was something a past thing, you know, from from back from from, you know, during the run out of uh, sanctuary. But still, and I'm assuming that these videos were are the same. Most of them, with the exception of maybe, maybe not even the exception of the ones who's died. We don't know. Because it's not like they timestamp those videos. They just throw them in there. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so yeah, every, mostly everybody who was, one, who was in front of the cameras died, with the exception of some of these people who just kind of end up showing up. I do like, like Black Canaries, though, because I feel like hers would be like a lot of people. She just like gets in front of the camera and like, screw this. <laughs> and bounce. Um. So yeah, I don't know. This like it's like it is kind of taking this time to doing the thing, and there's still some things we don't really 
concretely know, but I assume, assume the, the breadcrumbs are there. Um, and I assume by next issue, we should, like, we have to get to a point where it's like, all right, some things are starting to come, come into some sense, you know? But I don't yeah. know. Um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just so lost on this. So... I mean, there's a. I feel like there is a thread, and, and I don't know. Maybe this is me seeing something that's probably not there, or projecting something that may or may not be there. Like I am, I'm seeing a thread, but the thread is still loose, and it's still like I feel like there's kind of just throwing swerves out there, left and right, maybe. But there's still a nugget of a thread there. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. But like I said, the biggest thing out of this issue is like, hey, the world knows about sanctuary now, and we got parties trying to figure out what's going on. I was waiting to see Batman curse out Superman. He's like, you corn-fed... Right? <laughs> yeah, and then put the finger on her. I was like, man, like, you, you, better be, you better be glad Superman is not, not the, the Injustice version. He would have broke you. <laughs> but, um... Oh, man, speaking of, that was a book I forgot to read this week. This week. Or oh, I didn't finish reading this week. But anyway, um... So yeah, that was that was Heroes in Crisis. There's like some things we got questions on, and the giant penny took a hit, and the dinosaur. And so did a Batmobile. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, right. Batmobile, poor Batmobile got crushed. Giant penny got toppled. The the dinosaur was about to be next. <laughs> my favorite, my actually my favorite line in in this book was when Batman, you know, not looking at Superman says, "You couldn't help with that, <laughs> right?" Wait, I thought that was um, I thought that was Martian Manhunter. What are you talking about? I thought that was Martian Manhunter who said that. No, that was Batman. Okay, maybe I saw that panel wrong then, because I was like, it was like, because I was thinking, it was like, wait, why is he even showing up for this one little panel? Not nah, as Batman. Yeah. He's just colored green. Sure. Which okay, yeah, coloring things I got, but regardless, yeah, that was a thing. And a nice little bit of, well, I ain't going to say nice little bit of, but there was, I, I mentioned in my notes, a little bit of gratuitousness, uh, given that one panel page of uh, Lois. Oh, yeah. I was kind of taken aback by that, too. Yeah. And like, oh, and, um, and Donna Troy's walk when she when she has a uh, Tempest. I'm like, okay, what are you doing here? Where are you going with this? <laughs> well... I mean, uh, that's less gratuitous as. I, I mean, it, say, look, at the, look at the look at the look at the way he portrays the old school Batgirl. Come on, right? Goodness gracious! So I was like, like yeah, even from the first page, like I said, you see Donna Troy's walk, and then you a couple of you know you see the the page with uh, Lois. Because at first I was like, huh, and then I was like, wait a minute, and like you said, Batgirl. So yeah, like, all right, Batgirl but, is the one that sticks out all issue. Right? Yeah, with her panels, yeah. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what? What is? What is going on here? Right. But that so, also. Um, but at the same time, that is also calling back to. Um, I'm assuming the killing joke. Am I correct? Oh, you mean showing the the wounds? Yes. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about the costume. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show yeah. up in costume. She doesn't show up in costume in the killing joke at all. Right. So. Um. Yeah. It's, right, of, it's almost like enough. they kind of did that shot just to show her. Show her. Behind, so I was like, oh, that's kind of weird, but anyway, that's yeah. just enough, enough about... on Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, we're having a lot of difficulty reading this. Oh, right, with... and the Harley, the Harley, uh, Batgirl page, uh, right. yeah. yeah, 
So weird. So kind of wishing that PCN underscore dirt was here to share his views on this. We'll make sure to catch up with them soon and ask him. Um, next up, let's talk about Immortal Hulk number 11. Oh, let's now, talk about that. Talk about some dark stuff. So I just caught up with this like uh, yesterday. Um, so I read like eight through t- eight through ten. Yes, well eight through ten, and then this. So I am thoroughly caught up with this book, and man, this still kind of goes a place. Yeah, <laughs> and then actually figuratively, literally, and figuratively went a place. Um, which apparently may not have anything to do. Doesn't seem to be having anything to do with what just happened in uh, that Defenders mini that we talked about. Which coincidentally like, wow, Mephisto's getting some plays this, this, uh, in the last last month, huh? Right, but it's not even. You know, that's the that's the wildest part about this. Right. So I remember Mephisto's just like, ah, oh, that's beyond me, man. Mm-hmm. So, which, yeah, which kind of was a nod to what is going on here, which we find that, um, after the events, or actually yeah, at the at the events of last issue, the Hulk and company are apparently in hell. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you've seen my notes. No, let me take a quick look. You should, you should take a look at my notes, which, if you think about it, probably has nothing to do with what's going on, but this is the, the, the main thing that I, after finished reading this book, that's what I thought of. After you read it now, and for those, oh no, yes, you you will recognize the the words. It's actually freezer dome, but um, well, hey, yeah, I mean, I see it now. Yeah, this is uh this is a uh, that was a copy paste. Yeah, this is a rock. Hit. What? Don't uh, tell me genius has those lyrics like that. No, actually, it was a that was a go. Um, actually, I don't know where that came from. Now that I think about it, but uh, it was basically a Google search, and it's um. Um. Oh shit. Um. It ain't no joke. Yes. Rock him. Yes. Off of paid in full. So, um. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely a walk through hell. Yes. Um. Uh, what's interesting, the the one thing I I made note of is that because the only other time I had seen a reference to this was in like. Gossip pages. I don't even read the gossip pages, but I remember seeing something about Madonna joining Kabbalah, you know, and it's like a, it's right. a, it's a, it's a spinoff of or, or or a variation of Judaism, right? And I had to look this up because I needed to figure out what Ewing was doing in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's a, you know, this is a trippy, trippy, uh, you know, uh, narration mechanism, and it's, it's, it's definitely. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely different and it's definitely, you know, worth the read because, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at a character study of not just the Hulk, but what people think of the Hulk. Right. Because this, uh, this, uh. Oh, this, yes. This, that was a whole, that real world paid uh, a bit from, um, from, from Miss McGee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, damn, Al, what? <laughs> which is not, it's not the first time for, you know. Right. But again, this for Al Ewing, this, this, this you know, um, whose content mostly up until this has been lighter, right? But he still manages to kind of throw some 
some some real world business in there every now and then and this, so this is no exception on that one but like this whole horror spin that he's going through with uh with Immortal Hulk has been a interesting change from it's from, a wild trip yeah so but it's also showing that I think I may have said this before that hey he's not a one note writer so sure Sure, sure, sure. Because like yeah. this, this has been playing off quite nicely, um, and yeah, like you said, it, it is definitely a walk through hell with the Hulk. And we see, speaking of Rick Jones, uh, eight, his shell shows up and a couple other things. We also get a weirdly interesting kind of character study of Puck. Yeah, I had no idea that's what Puck's uh, origin was. Not right. really want to take a look at what his. Uh, Marvel Wiki says right, and yeah, and I was gonna do that too. So, so, um, so, like I said, last issue they end up in hell thanks to the Exorbit Man, some Red Hulk uh, business, sorta, kinda, mm-hmm. um, and that whole Green Door business that we've been hearing about these past uh, eleven issues finally got opened. Um, I guess due to the machinations of seemingly. Um, Banner's dead dad. Uh, I'm assuming there's more to that than 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 that we'll find out at some point. Yep. But uh, yes, the Hulk and McGee and everybody who was around, who includes uh, Langowski and Puck um, from Gamma Flight, not Alpha Flight, even though it's still Alpha Flight, regardless, um, right. are there. Puck, Puck ends up finding uh, Absorber Man. And start talking. At first, I was like, "Wait, that can't be really be Puck. That like, maybe that's like Mephisto in disguise or something." But I guess, but I'm assuming that actually is Puck because I mean, obviously he was there at the time. So, you know, um, and again, we get a really nice character study on him. And just like you, I was like, "I'm gonna need to go and find out about is this really what actually happened to Puck? Like, who knew he was more mm. interesting than than what we know of him in Alpha Flight." Um, and then of course, you know, the Hulk still kind of sort of emaciated and going through his business and, you know, uh, things. So this was, this was a, a good issue. I mean, the, they have pretty been, been, it's been consistently good issues. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there was probably one or two that was kind of slow, but still good. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know where this is going. I, I hate to keep saying that, but I'm I'm enjoying the trip, and uh, I'm looking forward to see where it goes, whenever it gets to where it's it's going. So hopefully it pans out. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's been a listen. It's been a wild ride. Every issue's got something you know, just you know, super interesting to read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 so hard for me to describe it. That's the best part, right? Yeah, even if you even if we got through the whole talking points, like we just kind of gloss over some some things that's that's happened in this in this issue was like it's too difficult to describe, you know, right. because there's so much that you kind of have to tap into that is either outside of the realm of the issue or kind of goes back to previous issues and right. you know that there, there's just a lot to discuss, so it, it's a lot to unravel. Mm-hmm. And speaking of realms, um, thank you for bringing it up because that was a point I was going to get to also. So, talking about the, the Kabbalah stuff, um, they were there was that one panel that was talking about you know the Tree of Life, 
And I was, for some strange reason, and that was just me, but this is probably me just reading into things. I was thinking, wait, is this going to tie in somehow into the world or world of realms? Because you talk about the tree of life and you think you you could sail and then you, and that, and even that, uh, the picture that showed kind of looks like the, you know, the structure of how they have, um, you know, you could sail. And, and they actually talk about 10 realms. Right. Whereas the the Marvel Universe uh, has created that 10th realm of heaven with the angels where Angel well, is. more co-opted, not necessarily created, because, I mean, that was a, heaven was a thing before it got folded into this universe. No, 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 no. Uh, whatchamacallit? They yeah, put Angela. They folded into the, they made it the 10th realm. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. But that came from, like, uh, you know, game and stuff with Angela and whatnot before it, they folded it into this. So it wasn't like it was... It was just new to this universe, is what I'm saying. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. But, but that's what I mean. They created an actual 10th realm. Yeah. So that now there's 10 the way there are in this Kabbalah thing. Right. There's a 32. So now I understand. Now I understand, you know, that, that actually creates like another link. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's an actual link or, or if that is just... That was a coincidence that I'm just kind of reading into. Probably is, but we don't know yet because like the whole water realm stuff is not even fully baked yet. I um, changed the lyric, by the way. Just thanks. Bugging <laughs> me. I'm like, yo, I know this line. Like everyone, like there's mad people that cite this line. Like I've heard, uh, what you call it? I've heard Ice T cite this line mm-hmm. about you know, like uh, talking to someone else about. Uh, oh man, that line's been cited. I don't know how many times. It's ridiculous, but um. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, that was, that wasn't me. That was a copy and paste. I'm just. I know. Well, I know. Listen, let's, I saw let the, the record show that book. right now. <laughs> I saw the bulk of it. I'm just like I'm fixing that. Yeah. So, but anyway, regardless, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, hey, it, well, you know, culture up, folks. Yeah, I'm just it, listen, this stuff is available on Spotify. It's probably <laughs> available on Title. Probably on you know, definitely on YouTube. Pull up. I ain't no joke. By Eric B. and Rakim off the paid in full album 1986. That makes me shudder to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> but yeah, and again, if you on um, if you get this after the fact, wow, Sky Striker. Oh, I need to get up to get off Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, hey, the, I put the show notes on Twitter as of tonight. So hopefully, I don't know. We need to start putting those the, the, the show notes in the the page. I should do that, but. Hmm. I'm the one who does the thing, so I shouldn't... Whatever, behind the scenes. Regardless, let's move on. <laughs> get get to inside baseball here. Um, to... You got a book you want to put out? Put out? I'm done. Or... Are you? Yeah, dude. Oh, shit. Well, I'm done. I mean, I read a couple things. I read Killmonger, so if you want to talk about that, I did read it. Okay, rap, well, let's talk about because r- r- well, we can kind of rapid fire that one. Because I only got a couple more after that either. So, yeah. Killmonger, I guess we'll, we'll bring it up and then we'll go rapid fire, even though there's really not that much to say about Killmonger. Yeah. Um. So, apparently, yeah, so, okay. I, how did you think this meeting was going to go? More than we're gonna die. Yeah, I thought more than we're gonna die. So basically, yeah, at the end of last issue, Bullseye comes up and basically is trying to exterminate all these uh, 
um, various members of a wetworks team that uh, that the kingpin had put together. But they and set him up. Who, who set him up? Who, who basically? Well, um, I forget if whatever the, the term is. He basically uh, blacklisted him. <laughs> right. Right. No, I mean that's you know because ultimately he was willing to let them all kind of go off on their own as long as they didn't come back to New York. Right. And what's funny about this is that there's a mole inside this Wetworks team. And, uh, you know, we, we, we ultimately find out who it is. Right. Or at least I think that came out after all of this. Because I don't think sure. that was the case the whole time. If it was, it didn't really play itself out to that case. But right. And so what this is doing with that is kind of kind of folding in more of the Marvel U. Um, because we see a character, again, you know, we see the mold talking to a person that we know full well, that is, who, which that's still a whole another weird thing, who has recently died, but recently also came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and but this we, is a story set in the past, so. Well, this is, that is also true, but still, right. um, uh, you know, working with S.H.I.E.L.D., Let's just go ahead and put it out there right now. And who is this mole working for? Um, and I guess I'm trying to remember. So did I'm maybe I need to watch. Uh, you would think I know this movie well enough to, to know that. Was there any mention in Black Panther that uh, Killmonger worked for Shield? Because I know he was known th- by um, he was known through folks. Because you recall, um, what we call it, knew about him, you know, knew who he was and, and his record and all. But I don't remember if there was any shield dealings, one way or the other. No, I think he was strictly U.S. military, or at least related to you know CIA black ops. Right. That was that was my that was my understanding. I don't remember hearing shield. It was definitely uh, uh, you know black ops CIA. Yeah. So that that's so I was kind of wondering if that part was playing into more of the the movie than actual because obviously there's not a whole lot of Killmonger's actual Marvel history that is that we know about you know or that was ever been really brought up now that I think about it as far as I remember so and this is actually a kind of a refolding of of his uh, backstory so um. And we seem to be still kind of getting to where the movie takes them um, in in this. But again, just kind of folding him more into the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So, and this is issue three of five. So still got a couple more issues to see where this is actually going to going to leave him. Um, and part of me was thinking on the other side of that whole um, the the. Um, the, the the movie thing. So the person who ends up turning mole, I was starting to think that that person was the same person who is was with him in the movie who ended up meeting a fate. If you remember remember the, the movie. Say again. I said I thought that the person that was a part of this crew mm-hmm. and ends up who ends up turning mole was the same person that is also in the movie with oh I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I don't know if that's true because if that's the case um then apparently and this person being a mutant as we find out in this issue or we might have found out in the past issues regardless right 
if if that is the case, which I, we, again we don't know if that is, if that is true, because it, it's probably not. Right, because this this is happen. It's supposed to happen pretty far in the past. Right, but at the same time, this could very well still be kind of. I mean, if it is the same person, then right. Technically, Black Panther movie had mutant in it that they didn't know about, which still kind of make doesn't. I don't know. I don't think it is though, because the way that person met their end. Pre Fox deal means they're not mutants. <laughs> this is true. This is also true, but still, you know, uh, yeah. I, and I thought about that part, but I was like, okay, I wonder if, if, but again, like you said, this is well in the past and this, that person could may or may not be that the same person more than likely. Sure. But uh, regardless, yeah, I think that's probably more about Killmonger than we probably needed to say. It was really not much that happened outside of the fact that they got away from, you know, <laughs> they got away from bullseye and got shook. And now they're on a kind of a new mission to, uh, you know, against the head of the crew that they were with. So we'll see how that plays out. All right. Let me spin up the, uh, do it. Vulcan. Uh, you've got rapid fire. I've done, uh, all the books that I've gotten. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of, uh, didn't have time to read a bunch of books that came out this week. So here we go. Do it. All right, folks, rapid fire time. Um, and I'm going to whoops, start off with Titans number 32, um, which basically essentially is an origin story of a, I guess, a, a new character called Mother Blood as opposed to Brother Blood, who, and we also find out that she has been the one uh, behind the last couple of issues, uh, the last probably few issues. Um, of the Titans, or at least some things, yeah, with between the Titans and Teen Titans, actually, she's behind a, a couple of the things that's been going on in those two books. So, and again, we find out that this is an origin story for her, and going forward, I guess what her plans are for, you know, the world or the multiverse at large. So, it was kind of interesting. Um, Star Wars, Age of the Republic, Obi-Wan Kenobi number one. Uh, well, this is basically, um, hey, it's a, it's a story about Obi-Wan Kenobi in the past. Uh, actually, I take that back. It's, it's Obi-Wan and, um, a young Padawan named Anakin you may have heard of. Oh. This is like, it's not... This is, I seems like this is this is definitely set between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, era, mostly. Um, again, these 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 um these have been like one shot books, and there's really, if you're a fan of if you're a Star Wars fan, then sure you'll you'll, you'll probably grab it by default. But there's nothing in here like it kind of fills in a little something, but it doesn't really do anything to kind of further anything. Let's put it that way. Um, because like I said, you know, there's some Guaganjin chalk. There's a little bit of contention between, well, there was a brief contention between Anakin and, uh, but this, the main story was like, basically Obi-Wan thinking Anakin's not ready to go out, you know, with him to be in a Padawan. Yoda thinks otherwise. And that kind of sets the ball in motion. And they end up going out on the thing and kind of going down the path that we, rightfully no like it was a good story but it wasn't nothing that's groundbreaking 
Um, uh, Star Wars Han Solo Imperial Cadet number three, I believe it is, was the is the last book that I read. And basically, this is um, uh, mid solo. You might as well say so. This is basically taking place in between the times that he left Corellia and ended up joining the Imperial fleet. And he's still Han Solo even then. Um, but it's a story of, of Han being Han and they end up, he ends up helping his cadets, but also trying to helping his cadets in order for him to get some, some things, uh, some information and things done, but he does it in the most Han Solo way, uh, which somehow doesn't seem like it was working out but of course ends up working out the way it does so again another decent issue um this is kind of like i said uh, i'm not sure where this is going to where this is going to end i need to make sure if that's actually number issue three hold on for a second sorry but regardless, it is it is what it is. Star Wars fans will will probably enjoy it, and you get a little bit more on um, Hans dealing while he was in the yeah while he was in the the Imperial Corps. But you know, nothing groundbreaking. And that, folks, I believe it is that because I know. Oh wait, actually, there is another one I wanted to bring up real quick. Um, and that was Young Justice Outsiders uh, number one, which is uh, a book that is exclusive. Actually, it's two chapters, uh, and they're digital only for, I guess, right now, and they're only available on DC Universe. So that is a, a point to note, because I didn't see it on uh, Comixology. And if the name sounds familiar, so as we will find out in the news, Young Justice Outsiders, which is season three of Young Justice, will be coming out very soon. Uh, and this is a book that place, takes place in that universe. Uh, somewhere, I'm not sure. I want to say definitely, but it's probably season three era, but I'm not entirely certain. It may be in between season two, season three, but I'm not entirely sure. Like, they give... Like in true Young Justice fashion, they give a date and they give the team year, which is I think they say team year six, and I'm not sure where season two ends. So it might be I think it's somewhere. But the team is on a mission and they're trying to hunt down Simon, and at this uh, convention, some things happen. Uh, I only got to the end of chapter one because there's two chapters that came out this week. Excuse me, but I only got to the end of chapter one. You know, so it um it goes on from there, but it's all right. So if you have DC Universe um app, so a subscription thing, you will be able to read it there. And I know that's not that many people to be able to do that, but they also um, but if you are so inclined and like Young Justice, there is that. Which I guess not to think about Young Justice is actually coming back to comic books print uh, soon. Actually, I want to say like next week or so because I know they're definitely ramping up the the talking about it with the whole Bendis run and all that stuff with his Wonder Comics is going to be soon. So that is that. Um, so we are now finished with comic books and we will be getting into the clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Oh, I don't know what just happened to my headphones, but that was weird.
maybe I, you know, I hit the incoming. No, nah, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't you with my headphones. It was definitely my oh, headphones. Okay. I'm hearing some static. I gotta check that out. Anyway, that's in well outside of purview here. Um, so clicks a week for last week. We already have Tim's and Dirt's, which apparently both were superior Spider-Man number one. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was decent book. I'm not gonna knock it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Fantastic Four number five for last week. I am also going to go with Fantastic Four number five because um, it's in the title. The book was fantastic. <laughs> boom, boom. All right. And for this week, um, well, you got yours? Well, we got Tim's and Dirt also for this week. Uh, Dirt's was the silencer number 12 and Tim's was champions number one. Ooh, I really like that Mortal Hulk number 11. Um, it was mm. really good. I think I had more fun reading Champions number one, though, so I think I'm going to go go in on that as well. Champions number one. Mm. Mm. I weirdly slightly want to give it to Heroes in Crisis, but even though that's kind of like we're kind of him and hawing about that one. Um, but I think I'm going to agree, uh, once again, agree with you and say champion and Tim was champions number one. It definitely was a good read. You know, yeah. for a number one issue. Uh, what, what kind of seemed like a continuation of the last thing in a way, but hey, regardless, you know, it is what it is. Sure. All right, with that, folks, we are going to get into the news, but first, we have an ad read. A word from our sponsors. First ad read of the night is for Amazon. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or toys. And for every purchase made on your Amazon, on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN uh, payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All righty, folks. We're going to get into the news. The news! Like I've done this before, um, it's been a been a week. <laughs> there we go. All right, and we start off with the cinematic news, like we do each and every week, as we tend to do. And this we start off with some news from last week, which actually this I think I forgot to put in the last time we um with the last time we recorded. In that first Men in Black spinoff trailer is full of Chris Hemsworth. Tessa Thompson and Aliens. Did you uh, did you watch this trailer? I did. What'd you think? Listen, it's going to be entertaining. Is it going to have a good story? No. So you know, if it you're going to be if you're going to be entertained, you might as well be entertained by Men in Black stuff and by Valkyrie and Thor teaming up again, but fighting sure. fighting other aliens this time. Right, and it's kind of cool that you know. Uh, Tessa Thompson gets to use her real accent. Yes. 
This is true. Um, you know, uh, Hemsworth gets to use it a lot. You know, when he's doing Thor, so and then he's I think he's using it here too. Yeah. So and actually, there's even a, a little Thor, um, little Thor. Um, oh yeah, there is a Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was kind of funny at the end of this trailer. So if you haven't had, if you haven't seen the trailer before now, I don't. It, it looks good. I, again, I don't know. You know, I mean, at this point, I don't know if I've ever gone to a Men in Black movie for a story. Oh, that's right. Because it's pretty much a, at this point a popcorn movie, and I don't think I've seen. They've even there. Uh, obviously, there are uh, callbacks to at least two and three, I believe. If you looked at the looked in the trailer. Um. You know, there's some Easter eggs therein, but um, I don't know. I almost fun. remember three, so I I don't think I wait. Actually, I take it back. Uh, no, yeah, three was when, if I'm not mistaken, three was Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, where he had to get his uh, where um, he had to get his memory back. The uh, um, Tommy Lee Jones character, Jay. Okay, I because <coughs> I feel like I've seen that fairly recently. Um, two was like a um, a early story with not them, with not the the, the main two guys. I think it was. Well, it might have been Tommy Jones. I can't remember. Regardless, you know, there's Easter eggs there. Uh, Liam Neeson's in it, so that's a whole other thing. Um, I think Emma Thompson, who apparently was in two or three, mm-hmm. uh, is also in this one. So there is also another. Okay, yeah, yeah, she was in three, which I don't remember that, but sure. Regardless, you know, it's a good trailer. Go check it out. Anyway, we've spent too much time on that. Hmm. Um, Next up. Yes. Titans' Batman actor has revealed his identity. So, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched Titans yet, like me. Mm. I've only watched like three episodes. So, yeah, in a post on his Instagram account, uh, account stuntman and actor Alan Moosey, Mousey? Uh, I'm, I'm Moosey, I guess. Yeah, sure. Uh, revealed that or he, Moosey? Yeah, that he played Val, uh, Batman in the season finale of Titans, which at this point has long uh, since passed. Um, actually, long since. It's only been like two, two, two weeks. Uh, so yeah, apparently he, uh, let's see, Moosey clarified his roles was shared with fellow stuntman and actor Maxim Savarius in the finale, so, and that both actors were in the martial arts film Kickboxer Retaliation, uh, earlier this year, which I did not know there was a new Kickboxer movie, that's weird. That's news to me. Yeah, so, go figure, and if you're watching the video, you'll see a picture of, um, Said dude. So, which the funny part about it is like on, on his post, it says, Well, the cat's out of the bag, or should I say the bat's out of the cave? Oh, no. Yeah. So, like, you. I, I don't know if he necessarily had to do that. He, you know, I, I don't know if anybody cared enough to, to. I'm sure people were curious as to who it was. But, you know. I guess, hey, you know what? You're an actor. You got a role, and you know you want people to know about it. So, right. Uh, anyway, moving right along. Uh, Titans spoiler finale. Bell. Spoiler bell. Spoiler bell. Yes. Titans finale post credit scene debuts two fan favorite heroes. 
We rang the bell. You are forewarned. Yeah, which I'm still not going to say it because I haven't gotten to this point, even though I got spoiled by the... Um, by the by news? The, well, by the freaking um, uh, permalink. Ah. Which, because I didn't necessarily read the, the article. And, and again, it has been a week, so definitely what's... So some things happen. Um, well, let's put it this way. If you are up on Titans history, Team Titans history specifically, I guess... Um, you know that uh, well, one Raven's a part of the cast, and where Raven goes, there is um, a, a, a um, infamous family member that comes with that package. And that person showed up at the finale, and apparently, um, actually, I think I'm going to. No, it's not that one. Never mind. I was gonna, I was gonna take the next couple of them because they're all Titan related, but not as related as I thought it was. But regardless, some things happened in that finality, and I knew there was some other news that I didn't put in the the thing that uh, apparently they broke up. The, the season finale was supposed to be a little bit bigger or went a little bit farther than what it did, but they kind of cut it and left it to where it was, and they're using parts of that for the season two uh, premiere. Okay. Yes. So that's going to be something to look forward to. But apparently, like I said, some things happened. A person, a couple of people showed up, and not including a person tied to uh, Titans lore and a famous pooch in said lore. I don't know what the context with that would be, but hey, again, I'm not caught up with um, I'm not caught up with Titans. So I guess I can find out when I get there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next up. So, uh, next up is Titan Season 2 is rumored to begin filming in February. Yep. And this is a rumor off some room site, so we don't know if it's actually true or not. But still, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, next up. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. So, this is the part that I already mentioned, that uh, the Season 2 premiere created was from parts of the original Season 1 finale. So, if I already went over that, we can go past you want me to do the next one? Yeah. Do you want me to do the next one? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, DC Universe, the show Stargirl, has cast three Injustice Society members. So, um, three members of the Injustice Society, uh, Tigress, Sportsmaster, and Dragon King are all going to appear on the show, and they've been cast for, and, and, and actors and actresses have been cast for the role. Funny thing about this to me is that two of those uh, roles that you that was just mentioned are on Young Justice. Okay, because yeah, I mean, okay, spoiler alert. Yeah, sports. Well, it's not so supposed to. If you've seen Young Justice, Sportsman, Sportsmaster shows up early on. Tiger comes in in season two, uh, played by uh, Artemis, and I think she keeps that role in season three. Okay, so as a part of the the team. Anywho, I don't know who Dragon King is, so I don't, don't even, I, I couldn't even tell you. But anyway, next up, I believe that's me. Um, DC Universe re- releases Doom Patrol character posters, announces debut date. And that date is February, Friday, February 15th. Uh, Doom Patrol, is worth noting that Doom Patrol did uh, show up on Titans, so it just definitely ended the... Uh, I believe it was the fourth episode of Titans, which is where I, I am right now. Um, shows up on Titans. And, of course, that was their spinoff into their their um, their show. And I believe that was a teaser trailer. And I don't know. This might have been after that. 
Or maybe I didn't get it. But yeah, that was a teaser trailer that kind of happened right after this. But you can see, if you're watching the video, the posters for uh, the, the members of Doom Patrol. Which, this cyborg? Why does it look like he has on a, like a cyborg shirt? I'm not even trying to go there. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to go there. I'm just saying. It, it looks like he has a, a cyborg shirt on as opposed to. But anyway, you know what? Hey, it's. And I shouldn't. I, but everybody else looks, you know, I guess, supposedly like the Doom Patrol. I don't know. That's, that's a group I don't know too much about. And why is Cyborg on Doom Patrol? In why is Cyborg even there? Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, that was the that's the that's the biggest takeaway. Is this. why is he on Doom Patrol and not and not, and not Titans? I don't understand that. Anyway, that is a mystery for another day that may or may not ever be solved. And as we do know about, well, I guess we'll find out about Beast, uh, uh, Doom Patrol. Beast Boy came out of there at some point in time. Was was a part of Doom Patrol at some point in time. I think it was Changeling yes. then. So it kind of makes sense for since he since Doom Patrol showed up in Titans for that to be the case. But again, why is Cyborg with Doom Patrol? Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna keep it pushing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho. Okay. Yeah. Next up, um, <laughs> God, get ready for 2019 with a mm. DC Universe teaser. Yes. So yeah. So there's. I just never watched the trailer, but I think it's probably some stuff that we've seen before coming from uh, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, and Harley Quinn. Which the Harley Quinn trailer, uh, it came out a while ago. So I don't know if this is was more in that or they just kind of played bits of that or from the show again like I said I don't know but it's the thing it's out there if you want to take a look at it I'm sure it's out there on YouTube on the DC channel um, Aquaman expected to hit one billion dollars worldwide so um, I mean have you seen it yet? yeah no oh Man. My money has not contributed to that calculation. Yeah. So regardless, I mean, yeah, that that shows that's so. And I don't think I put this in the. I'll in probably the, catch it this week. I'll probably catch it at the lowest, uh, cheapest ticket I can get, so I don't feel bad about contributing to this. <laughs> well, I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, you know what's funny, and I think I told you this two weeks ago. Like, you know, like when we last recorded before right. the, the New Year's holiday. Was and, and before Christmas was, I had a friend of the show tell me mm-hmm. that I shouldn't be in any rush to go watch this movie. I would kind of slightly disagree with that, but eh. well, listen, everyone, listen. Considering that it's making so much money, I think a lot of people have gone to see this movie. I so mean, you're not wrong. A lot of people have gone to see this movie more than once because it's hard to get to one billion. Without people going to see it multiple times. Well, there's also, I mean, that's this is worldwide also. So it did it also big did big overseas prior to um, prior yeah, to yeah. They're, the US they're, they're spending it on Aquaman and not on iPhones, apparently, according to Apple's latest uh, <laughs> you know earnings report. Yeah, well, it's fine. Apple didn't need it. That's a whole other situation that that came up recently. I'm not even going to go on on that one because somebody made a really do anyway. Regardless, yeah. that's beside the point. Um, so yeah. Oh, and I should—I guess this is worth mentioning that this was from 
December 26th when this article came out. So I'm pretty sure if it hasn't hit one billion by now, it's probably, you know, very close. Yes. Um, I am still threatening to go see it again, but I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Ah, it's a little okay. tight. So, but regardless, it was good times. Um, I think the other thing I was going to bring up is the fact that, um, and I don't think I have it in here, but, uh, James Wan had to kind of come out because, uh, there are people hating on the movie or not the people who don't like the movie who've been getting flack from people who do like the movie. And James Wan was like, Hey, look, don't, 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 don't grief these people just cause they didn't like the movie, which, you know, was, was a big thing to do. Wait, I'm, you know, Hey, the movie's not for everybody. Let's just go ahead and say that. So if you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. You know, it, not everything is going to appeal to everybody, but you know, grief in one way or the other, you know, it goes, sometimes it goes both ways and it's kind of sad to see it going either way. You know, people getting grief for, for stuff they like or, or don't like, you know, right. For whatever so Aquaman reason. has already made $846 million worldwide. Hmm. And that is according to the box office Mojo website. And Mm. It is approaching Venom. God, I can't believe Venom made wow, that much that's weird. Yeah, I, and all of still this is some somebody's probably going to hate me for, it, but I don't care. It was I, I recently heard about somebody that I know didn't like the movie because someone told them that they didn't like it. So they're basically they not, they have not seen the movie themselves, mm-hmm. but thought the movie was quote unquote trash because someone they trust told them it was okay. And I'm sitting here. Yeah, don't grieve people for not liking it, but that's stupid. Like, <laughs> you haven't even seen the movie, but somebody says you something's bad, then you order and you just go on that. Like, cults have been started for less than that. Anyway, regardless, let us move on. I, was, I would just add though that if you really trust that person's taste, <laughs> well, we do this. With, we do this with a lot of things, so. Yeah, but, uh, art, art is one thing that I think you need to experience on your own. So. Agreed. I mean, a lot of things. I don't. I don't believe you should take someone's word for a lot of things, as far as pop culture wise. I suppose this way because I don't want people thinking I'm thinking you know some other way. But for stuff like this, no, exactly. Just like you said, yeah, some things you should have to experience for yourself. Like you may not have the means to do it or something. Right? I, I get that part, but right. Like seriously, I will trust that person that says. This hamburger sucks. Right. <laughs> and, and and I would love to be able to feel like, well, why does it suck? That, that right. was the other question. And even then, I don't like, I mean, it's not going to take away from, from my enjoyment. Of it, but, you know, hating somebody because somebody said it was, you know, it was like, okay, I, I kind of wonder what else your, tr- your quote unquote trusted sources will say. Like, do you have a brother named Bud? Anyway. No. <laughs> anyway, let's move on because it just went way too far. Now, part and um what are we up to now we still have Aquaman. um god are we still doing dc universe stuff hey it's uh, a lot of stuff god um all right so the aquaman movie explains how atlanteans survive on land big spoiler let's not talk about it too much well yeah let's just say it's um jeans and class sure i figured as much yeah it's comic book stuff yeah. uh you got next. Yep. Uh, a little bit of sad news. Norman Gimbel, lyricist behind Wonder Woman's iconic theme song, Dead at 91. 
Um, so if you're of a certain vintage, you you remember the Wonder Woman um, uh, TV show from the right. from the late seventies. It was a real funky uh, theme song that was played. In fact, hold on, let me see. It's definitely seventies. Yes. Let's see if we can get a little bit of it played here. Not much to get us, you know, but. Oh. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. All the world is waiting for you. Okay, so you know, you get the point. Uh if you have DC Universe, you will be able to watch that uh the, the whole seasons of seasons of that. But back to the story at hand, uh Norman Gimbel, like I said, was the songwriter for the woman woman theme song, but uh, along with his writing partner, Charles Fox. But he was also known for, he had a long history before that. See, he wrote, he, apparently he has a, a long history of stuff. Let's put it this way. Uh, he wrote a song that showed up in Logan. He wrote some stuff for Lego Ninja, the Ninjago movie. Um, he did the English, he rewrote the English lyric version of um, The Girl from Ipanema, which uh, a lot of people know about. Um, uh, he did a song for Pacific Rim Uprising, which I did not know that part, but uh, a claim to flame that I know him from was that he wrote the song Killing Me Softly with his song, made famous by Roberta Flack and uh, remade by Later. right, and remade by the likes of the Fugees and other people. Um, so yes, he is survived by his two sons, Peter and Tony, two daughters, Nellie and Hannah. And I guess once he doesn't say what he passed away from, but he passed away at his home uh, on December 19th. All righty. Uh, on another Wonder Woman note, Wonder Woman 1984 has finished filming and is wrapped. Yep. And, um, I guess speaking of Lego movies, uh, one off note that I think uh, Gal Gadot is voicing Wonder Woman in the next Lego movie. Or, yeah, the Lego movie too, I believe. I didn't put it in the, the, the thing, but just found it out. It might be from this article. So, cool. They're finished wrapping, so I guess they're going to do posts and that'll be out. I don't trying to remember. When is that? I think that comes out uh the end of this year? Does it say... Oh, um, June 5th, 2020. Wow. So we got a while to wait for that movie. Yep. Uh, Luke Cage showrunner signs overall deal TV deal with Amazon Studios. So um, Cheo Hodari Coker has left Netflix after the unexpected cancellation of the series this past October. And um, his uh, production company, The Fighting 99th Entertainment, has signed a three-year deal with uh, Amazon Studios to develop and produce new series for their streaming platform. Probably not Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and his quote is, Amazon is future and their bespoke specific approach to building groundbreaking shows often offers an amazing opportunity, one that I'm incredibly thankful for, declared uh, Coker in a statement to Deadline. Can't think of a better place to launch the first shows developed under my CEO-based uh, Fighting Night Night Entertainment banner, and I'm excited for people to see what we have in store. So, good on him. Okay. Noted um, hip hop writer of of uh, uh, historically turned filmmaker. 
And apparently he co-wrote uh, Creed 2. And, uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And the Notorious B.I.G.'s uh, biopic Notorious, which I've still not seen. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard as much, but I don't know. Creed 2 wasn't all that either, so. I've heard good things about Creed 2. I mean, I've still not seen Creed 1, so it doesn't really matter, but. Uh. (laughs) But I've heard decent things about it, so I don't know. I mean, it seems like, from what I've seen of the trailer, it seems like it might be a retread of Rocky Four in spots. In spots. Yeah. But regardless, uh, it is what it is. So congrats to um, Mr. Coker for that. Next, Next up, up, Marvel's Captain America trilogy is getting the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray release. So if you want to watch these things in super duper 4K Ultra HD on your uh, four, uh, your super duper 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player and TV. Yeah, if you got a, a 4K TV and player, can I can I borrow some money? Because I could really use some right now. <laughs> you seem to have some some um, kicking around that you're going to afford all that. You know, I mean, the 4K uh, stuff is going down because they're starting to go to 8K. But regardless, yeah, I mean, listen. At the end, I walk past those 4K displays every once in a while. You know, during a, especially you know pre-holidays, you kind of find yourself in a Best Buy just to scout around to see what's new. Mm-hmm. And I see those 4K displays, and I'm like, "What do you need this for?" But I guess people love that extra definition. Well. Yeah, like at some point, the eyes, like what we have now is great for basically everybody's eyes, but supposedly it's a marketing thing. Come on. Blu-ray was the same way when it came out, but at least there was a notable difference as compared to what we were getting prior. Oh, definitely. You know, the the jump to HD was, was, was a big jump. 4K, you know, you could say. And again, they're also starting to work on 8K stuff. So, and I don't know, doesn't seem like 4K is taking off. Like obviously, if you're you know if you had a TV for a while and you know 4K is out there enough to where the t- TV is going down in price, then sure you're probably starting to get one. I ain't there yet, <laughs> and there's not a whole lot of 4K uh, content out there. Like yeah, they right. they got a bunch of like this stuff, right? I mean, but it's still not prevalent, and we don't have internet uh, access to 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 be able to stream that. So right, I was going to say that ultimately, if you're on the part of the upgrade curve where your TV unit actually is either breaking down mm-hmm. or is noticeably, you know, lacking in certain in, in a certain aspect, then yeah, maybe now's the time to upgrade and you find yourself, you know, getting an, uh, a 4K TV during a holiday sale. Then yeah, good for you. But otherwise, there's really no reason to upgrade. Right. And if you're like, most gamers, you know, when when consoles make the jump, assuming we have any more concepts, consoles left, when they make the jump to the next thing, that's when people will start jumping onto it. Some people. Anyway, that has been your tech moment here on Combo Chronicles. <laughs> We're going to move on to... But anyway, uh, wait, did we get a price of that? Um, The trilogy... Let's see. Oh, so apparently they're not doing a, uh, what I thought they were doing. So, First Avengers is slated for February 26th. Winter Soldier and Civil War arrives on April 24th. Not too long before the uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, and let's just assume it's going to be 4K prices, which is probably like 30 bucks at this point, right. I think. So, if you are so inclined, go for it. You know you're going to get a copy. I don't have a 4K setup. That's yeah, okay. It's cap. What do you care? Soon enough. <laughs> Soon enough. 
like th- that was what I was referring to when I said if you happen to be on the upgrade curve, right? You know where it's actually time where it's actually more timely than just kind of you know gratuitous, right? Some people just upgrade, you know, people, you know, like with the, with, you know, we'll use iPhones and cell phones as an example. People used to upgrade with every upgrade, but nowadays people well, are holding off because they're only marginal upgrades and, you know, uh, 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 just uh, minimal um, steps up. So, yes. you know, what everyone's waiting for is the next big thing. Yeah, Apple, where, fo- Apple folks finally smartened up to the fact that it's only in, in the in, incremental changes to that thing. Right. I mean, ultimately, there's still some of us who are holding on to our uh, phones that still have a headphone jack. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, that's kind of why I'm sort of holding on to mine still. Fair. It is quite fair. Yeah, because that jumped to USB-C, even on, like, I got a Pixel 2, and it was like, they took the headphone jack off, and you got to use the, 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 the dongle. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even know what my dongle is, come to think of it, but that's neither here nor there. This is still the tech note, tech moment. Yeah. All so, right, let's next move up. on, because, yeah, wow, look at the time. Um... Into Spider-Verse Christmas album is real and streamable. Oh, you skipped the Nova one. Did I? Oh, I sure did. What are we talking about? Hold on. Let me back up. Sorry. I had it up, too. Nova movie may be in the works at Marvel Studios. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, We talked about this earlier. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah. And it sounds like... uh, Well, so... The Nova Corps showed up in the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. That is is not a... you know, that's not a surprise. So apparently, um, the Ant Man co writer Adam McKay was on a guest on some podcast where he, he was talking, saying he was talking to Marvel about other projects and said that he, uh, that the studio might be working on a solo Nova movie. More than likely, probably Richard Ryder. He, that, that is my thinking, not his. Um,. Speaking of his back and forth with uh, Kevin Feige, McKay said, I think they're kicking off a no kicking a Nova idea around, which would make sense. Um, of course, this isn't exactly an official announcement, but it does seem to indicate that Richard Ryder may be coming to the MCU. Good. I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. they have to start digging into the into the well, you know? I mean, you would think. Now, granted, maybe there's something they could have, they, that could have been in uh, what could have been Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, and we know, like, again, that the Nova Corps shows up. And um, thankfully, John C. Ryder was not Richard Ryder. I don't know. Don't ask me why. Um, well, you know, with the, you know, no no real spoiler alert here, because if you watched Infinity, you know that Xandar's been decimated. Right. So, so yeah, so we so don't know. You know we don't know if it's for... decimated. We don't know if it's been destroyed completely or if half of their population has been destroyed. I want to say, well, yeah, you're right. Because I'm about to say, because he even says here that uh, Thanos destroyed. I think I feel like the movie did specifically say Xandar. Xandar is just gone. Right. But like the whole planet's gone. Right. Which, so which again shot. would be still weird because, like, like as we have known plenty of times, he takes half and kills half. Right, which means at this point they, there's only a quarter left. So if that, yeah, and they'll be looking for new. Uh, if they're trying to kickstart the the Nova Core back up, then they're going to need new members, and I guess that will be a good reason for them to a helmet to fly to Earth. Right. Lantern so, style. on a lighter note, 
the Into the Spider Verse Christmas album is definitely real mm-hmm. and it's definitely streamable because the second I saw this news, I hopped on Spotify and what do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I took a gander at, at uh, it's only in what a five, six, uh, it's like four or five songs. Yeah, four or five song EP. Um, with the likes of what, um, let's see, Chris Pine did a song, Jake Johnson did a song, uh, Shamik Moore did a song. Actually, wait, I think when to say one of them might have done two songs or been part of two songs. And uh, Jerma Tacone, whoever that is, oh, just Green Goblin, um, did a song, and I feel like there was another song with one of the, with, with, with one of those folks again. I think Chris Pine might have did two songs. Yeah, I think he did two songs. Um, but regardless, it's out there. You should go check it out. It's it's amusing. It's stuff you've heard. Like, at least one or two of the things you've heard in the, during the course of the movie, if you've seen Into the Spider-Verse. Man, Chris Pine is missing the Star Trek money right now. I don't think he is, because he, um, he and Hemsworth left that the next movie. So. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just imagining, like, yeah, I'm going to do a, a, a fake Christmas album that's going to turn out to be real. Well, um, I mean, to be fair, like, like he's got Wonder Woman on his belt. He'll be back for the next one, and he's got this. I don't think he's hurting. That's true. <laughs> so I would have liked to have seen him back as Kirk, but, you know, hey, they didn't work out for, I guess, money-wise. So whatever. Be, Star Wars, Star Trek will be all right. I mean, they can do things outside of Kirk anyway, so we'll see what happens with Kirk. that next. You got next with more Spider Verse stuff. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, got sidetracked with Star Trek because you know. Yeah. Uh, Into the Spider Verse lifted a key line of dialogue from Sam Raimi's Spider Man, and that would be uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it by this point, which I don't know why mm. you haven't. Um, it is um, Cliff Robertson who played Uncle Ben in the Sam the, the Raimi Verse. Uh, in the first uh, the first Spider-Man movie and they basically lifted a line of, uh, which I knew sounded for me, but I wasn't sure you know, if that was something they did for the movie or if it came from somewhere else. Sure enough, blam. Uh, it came from the Sam Raimi movies, which is which is not the first nod that, that is in uh, Enter the Spider-Verse by far. So, there you go. Huh. Yeah, no. Like I said, they, hey, there's Easter eggs in that Joker right and left. Again, if you haven't seen it, man, what is wrong with you? Um, Like, even, even if you don't like, you know, animated movies or superhero movies, this is a good one movie. It really is. Again, we'll be talking about this, I'm sure, during year-end deliberations. Sure. So speaking of <laughs> the entire Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse script... Mm-hmm. Is available online. Yes, and uh, I forgot to mention behind the scenes in our back channel that I put a copy of it in uh, in, in our Dropbox folder. But regardless, yes, thanks for that. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. When I saw this news, that's when I when I did it, and it's been around because there's if you even if you're on Twitter, you may have seen some things. Uh, a site called uh, uh, an account called Script to Script uh, Script to Screen, which is I think using part of the um, script. And they're sending it to the scene that 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 they're um, that 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 was animated for it. So that's kind of cool. So you you would have seen some of that. But it's it's an interesting script to to read because you could just kind of read through it and be like, "Yep, I remember all of that." And of course, you know, there are some things you may or may not find out during the course of the stream of it, or at least you know, 
some things they were going for. So, again, like I said, script uh, script screen has that the one scene which has been in the trailer of um, Miles singing to that post uh, post Malone song at his desk in the beginning of the movie. Right. Again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie, but whatever. That's that's out there. In the it's trailer. a post Malone. What's a post Malone anyway? Oh man, oh. there's there's a video I got to find for you after after we we get off of this. This is kind of funny because I knew. Yeah. I knew yeah, I was about to say, just a, uh, on a quick side note, um, I went out on New Year's Eve and I had to Shazam a whole bunch of music. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, uh, yeah. Yo, this old head is is dancing in the in the club. Like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. I'm not that old guy in the club. Not yet, but I'm getting there. Well, I mean, I'd imagine with the company you were in, uh, yeah, you probably weren't regardless. But, um yeah, it is. It's that those moments. I, I, I kind of had a similar thing. Actually, I didn't because he's I not didn't, old. But he's just a little too old to be in the club. Shout out well, to Chris oh, well, yeah, yeah, like I ain't trying to be in the club at this point. But yeah, you know, there was a video I was watching on online that was basically bridging hip hop and Dragon Ball Z, and I was listening to some of the. I think I tweeted about this. It was like, what is this? They're calling rap nowadays. What is that? I'm like, oh gosh. Anyway, let us back on track um, to what we're talking about here. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other podcast. Um, I believe this Next is up, you. That's you, I think. Oh, is it me? Okay. Uh, Loki wasn't entirely evil in Avengers, and that changes everything. So apparently, fairly recently, who was it? So in Loki's official MCU biography, the studio essentially confirms a long-running, if not necessary, prominently prominent fan theory that the scepter he hit, wielded, which contained the Mind Stone, didn't merely allow the trickster to control the minds of others. It also influenced the Asgardian. So basically, he was also being controlled by the Mind Stone, which he held. Uh, okay. Fueling his hatred over his brother Thor and the inhabitants of Earth. I partially don't buy this because let's face it, his hatred of Thor has been a long standing thing in the comic books. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a convenient way of like making him not as evil as you know his comic or mischievous, I guess. I don't know which way you want to go with that as his comic book portrayals. So, uh, whatever, man. I... But anyway, it says here that um, that phrase may be viewed as vindication by some fan theorists as vindication, but robs Loki of his agency in the Avengers and diminishes his ultimate redemption in Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War. Maybe kind of agree with it, but as I've seen on the, the, the nearly dead Tumblr, hey, not all villains need redemption. So I don't know whether... And this article kind of goes on to, you know, to lengths, which you know, you got to do that for an article, I guess. So that's the thing. I don't know if it changes anything for you guys. I don't, I'm calling on a spade a spade at this point. Next up, um, I was just looking at the script actually. So, what was the, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, the, the John Borrega Star Wars thing? No, I, I'll get to that. I saw that. I'm just—I was looking through the script, the, spy, the Spider-Verse uh-huh. script. Come on, man, we got a show. Get, 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 get back in here. <laughs> I was just looking at. It. I was like, wait, how come I can't get past the, the first couple of pages? Is that you were saying something about that earlier, or is it just taking its sweet time to load? That might be taking its sweet time to load. I'm not sure because yeah, again, 
again, there is the the copy that's in the, the Dropbox that's that right. I've already downloaded. It, so, um, I'll just let it load. Anyway, Star Wars star John Boyega, who regretfully was also in Pacific Rim Uprising, was arrested by stormtroopers at Disneyland as part of a holiday thing where apparently black people can also be arrested at Disney's Disney World. Yeah, it was. I, I saw this and I was like, okay, that was a good bit, but at the same time, really, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but he took it in stride, I guess. And I don't know, maybe it was set up beforehand or something. I don't know, but still, um, uh, yeah, it was kind of silly. Um, anyway, next up, um, Michelle Yeoh made Captain Nick's Star Wars, Star Wars Trek, sorry, uh, Star Trek spinoff for CBS All Access. I feel like. I can't remember if if this was uh oh right I remember um I remember I had to send last the the last um the last time we recorded I had to send but we didn't talk about it because I think I skipped over it but yeah so apparently uh Michelle Yo um um crazy dope uh martial artist action star who's also been in Star Trek Discovery who of which I have not seen um, may possibly get her own show. Okay. Uh, in the Star Wars universe. Now, I do know that the character she played in already has gone through a change or two and it has been on and off the show. So, I don't know what this does for that. Uh, I'm sure this article probably says so, but I don't want to go too far for fear of spoilers. Because, again, I have not watched Discovery yet. Still. Moving right along. She-Ra's showrunner has no immediate plans to introduce He-Man. So, I don't know if you've watched the uh, the She-Ra on yet. Netflix yet? Not yet. So, it's a it's been a surprise hit apparently. I hear good things, yes. And I don't blame them for not wanting to introduce He-Man anytime soon. They've got plenty of characters that they can focus on. Well, see, and I think I was talking to about about this with my comic uh, the comic shot guy, my comic uh-huh. shot guy, and he, I think he had seen it, and um, he kind of agrees with you on that. And my thing, I was like, now if you're of a certain vintage, you know that he uh, he man came first, that show came first, and then Shira was a spinoff of that, and there was even a movie that kind of bridged the two that ended yep. up be, be, being uh, the basis of her first six episodes of her show, which was basically her origin. Mm-hmm. So I am curious, I am more curious now to see how they did the origin uh, without that nugget in it. But at the same time, as my comic shop gave, like, yeah, it's like she were, uh, uh, aka Adora, was around on Eternia and uh, Etheria before um, Adam, He Man, even though they're like twins. Um,. So, it's relatively not necessary to, 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 to tie the two, two together. So, uh, But yeah, speaking to Inverse, uh, Noelle Stevenson says that He-Man is not really on the table for this iteration of uh, She-Ra at all. While she explained that the character could prove difficult to adapt to the revamped Etheria, uh, her new series has laid out. She is open to the idea at some point down the road. So, um, it would be a challenge, I think, to bring human to life in the present day, even more so than Shira. It's kind of true. There was some 
weird tones in that show. Uh, he's a very iconic character. It'd be a lot of fun to incorporate him into the world of She-Ra, but I don't think what uh, my uh, what my approach would be to that. So, hey, you know what? Let it roll the way you got it. Sounds like you got a good, there's a good thing going on with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving right along. Stop, you got it. Yep. Bumblebee created the perfect foundation for a mask movie franchise. Um, there was a um, friend of mine that was kind of slightly freaking out about this. Like, and we both know that they've been trying to get a mask movie off the ground. People have been trying to get a mask movie off the ground forever. And so apparently Bumblebee might may or may not be the, the inroads to that. Um, according to this article that I still not, have you seen Bumblebee yet? Nope. Yeah, me either. Uh, I know I, I had a cousin who wants to see it and I was like, I, I thought about it for a second, but regardless. So what it sounds like from glimmering through this article is that based on the fact that, um, which basically, let's see, uh, the discovery of Bumblebee could lead to a task force that could be uh, interested in, you know, finding and using and finding uses for Cybertronian tech, uh, and thereby leading to the um, the beginnings of Mask. This is not uh, from reading this article. Doesn't sound too far from different from what happened in the fairly recent uh, Hasbro Revolution uh, comics. You know, mm-hmm. when they started that whole shared universe thing, because I'm fairly certain that's how math kind of how math got started as a deterrent. Well, in one person's mind, as a deterrent to the Cybertronians, put it this way, because it was um, if I remember from reading correctly and some of that I still haven't finished reading. I don't think about it, but from the mask comic itself, Miles Mayhem started mask using Cybertronian tech. And that's how they end up with making mask. So, okay. not far outside of that, and I don't know if that it doesn't necessarily say that in this article that that uh, about that. Um, but regardless, they just said that Bumblebee could be in rows to it. Mm, sure, that, that, that could happen. Alrighty, next. Uh, next up, Marvel's The Black Knight. Dane Whitman <laughs> is reportedly going to be introduced in the MCU through the Quantum Realm. Yeah, I saw this. I'm like, okay, so Weird World is in the quantum realm, and that's how they're gonna do this. Like, I guess. I, yeah, I guess. So there's somebody on Twitter was, um, if you see the the um the the video on this, uh, there's been some hinting and talk about Black Knight, and I don't know why. That's my that's my opinion there. Uh, apparently, Marvel does have plans for him in the MCU and they already know how he'll be introduced. And uh, with that was a picture looks like the bottle city of Kandor or a snow globe with a city in it that probably could have been from Ant-Man and Wasp when, um, when um, Scott and whoever was passing through it. That is my speculation. I don't think this article says as much, but regardless like night i don't know why that character but that why that why in the mc mm. why anyway could be coming to the mcu let's move on mm. so that takes us to no the co- our comic book news nope. right nope nope got just got got a, got a oh there's more. there's there's a spillover yeah, yeah. Mm. it's only a couple 
or a few. The Punisher season two release date has been confirmed, and it is January eighteenth. Yep, I thought it was the eighth. Yeah, 18th? no, I did too at the first, but eighteenth, yeah, and probably cancellation thereafter. But we don't right. know that just yet. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Barenthal thought that Pun- Punisher was already canceled. So, which I, I can understand that given the news that we've gotten. Um, anyway, Young Justice, who's who and who's new in Outsiders? So I'm, I just put this uh, in here to say that Young Justice Outsider is coming, will be released tomorrow at the, um, at the time of this recording, which would be, uh, Friday, January 8th, which actually uh, we're still recording. So it could be in a few minutes. So we need to speed this along. Um, I ha- I've I've started rewatch of Young Justice and I haven't gotten. The, I mean, they're only and and obviously it's not out yet and it probably won't be out until like later this morning or earlier in the morning if you're watching this at the time we record. Um, yeah. So this article is basically a who's who of who's in the new season, including some old favorites and some new folks. Um, da, 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 again, like I said, Friday, January fourth, which is tomorrow. Which by the time you Hear this will probably be out on DC Universe. Let's go check it out. And there was something else I was going to say about this, but I totally forgot. So moving right along. Alrighty. So what do we want? Batman Hush Voice cast includes several DCAU veterans. Yep. Uh, Jason O'Mara, who apparently was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was in Agents of Shield before they killed him off. Um, but he's also done a bunch of. Uh, I think he. Was, he has voiced Batman a few different times in the, the DCEU. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, uh, Tara Strong, Rain Wilson, Bruce Thomas, and Vanessa Williams. I'm not sure which Vanessa Williams. I was about to say, there's more than one that we're familiar with. Right. Um, I'm going to assume it's not the singer because the, I think she goes by Vanessa L. at this point, Williams. Um, not Mrs. Rick Fox. Anywho, so yeah, like I said, then it just kind of goes to who who's they've played before. Tyra Strong, you know, you know that voice if you don't know the name, regardless. So yeah, they're still doing Hush, and I think that comes out sometimes this year. Uh, next up, uh, Shield Adrian Palicki reveals Marvel's most wanted pilot de- details, and I think there was also another article that said that she would. She wouldn't mind being back on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which uh, I think this is going to be the, the last uh, season of this anyway. And I say, yes, she should be back on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they shouldn't have gotten rid of her. Um, uh, Miss Palicki, who played uh, Mockingbird on the show, was a dope Mockingbird. Uh, they had blackballed her, well, the character and um, the, the character of um, the Lance. I can't remember his last name. Um, uh, Lance Hunter, excuse me, there we go, uh, who were both on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they both they got off the show because they were supposed to be going into another show of their own called Most Wanted, which never got off the ground. And, um, yeah, they never got, they never put him back in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is sad. I think, actually, um, Hunter might have shown up for an episode, but I don't know, I'm kind of behind. Regardless, it's a thing. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and now we come to the comic book news. Yay, we can transition finally. <laughs> nice. Alrighty. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, so, as I scroll down <laughs> to get back to our original sheet, uh, spoiler alert. In Infinity Wars number six, Adam Warlock rewrote the Infinity Stones role in the Marvel Universe. It's also followed up on this week in the uh, Infinity Wars book. Did you read that or no? I did, actually. Oh. I wasn't so keen on it. That's why I didn't want to bring it up. Sure. Yeah, I felt like it was, I mean, I didn't read it, but um, I don't know. From what I've seen in this article, I was like, well, that's kind of anticlimactic. But I don't know. I need to finish. I need to read Infinity Wars before I say anything concrete. Regardless, that's the thing. Um, Jason Aaron discusses the highly anticipated World of Realms. Speaking of this again, so uh, he says here for six years now on my run of Thor, I've been using Malekith's War to explore the different realms that are uh, strung together along the World Tree. I've uh, been to each and every one of them, seeing how people there have been touched by this world to end all worlds. And now, as the world finally comes to the last realm standing, Midgard, where the heroes of Earth are waiting, those other realms will have a pivotal part to play, whether for good or for ill remains to be seen. I could have sworn they've done this before. And maybe I'm thinking of Annihilation, and there's been a couple of wars of realm, wars of kings and stuff during around that time, but I feel like this was still a part of that. And I'm probably wrong. So, regardless, this stuff is building up. So, I don't know. I know you've been reading Thor, so you probably know a little bit more about what's going on. In... I'm just waiting for the for the event to start. The build-up is pretty good. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe I have to. I don't know. I keep saying I'll catch up to Thor, but I don't know. At this point, it's starting right. to get a little long. Um, Speaking of War of the Realms. Yes. Apparently, apparently okay. spoiler alert, but it's part of the advertising, so I'm not going to ring it. Sure. Daredevil is going to come back as a man with Asgardian powers during the War of the Realms event. Why? Because uh, he's dead right now. Is he? No, he's not. But you know, I was I'm about to saying. say, they didn't actually kill him. No, they gave him back his sight for a, a minute, if I remember correctly. Right, so, I don't know. It's Marvel. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody really likes Daredevil, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's the thing that's going to happen. And uh, I don't know, I guess that would be interesting to see how Daredevil would take to a whole nother realm of existence, I guess. And new power set. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Marvel's Darth Vader finale reveals the identity of Anakin's father. So yeah. Creepy stuff, yo. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Did you read it? I I read it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I knew I was, I, felt, I knew I was the only one I was reading the book on the, on the, on the panel. But I didn't know you had gone back and read it. So, yeah. and, uh, I, and I, I just read this book. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Because this one you didn't necessarily have to, you know. And I, I mentioned this when we talked about it, when I talked about it, uh, when it happened. And I neglected this part about it for a reason. Although I should have said something along the lines. But, yeah. I was going to I think I was, was going to mention that the immaculate conception wasn't so immaculate, sort of. Not even close. <laughs> but it's weirdly circular, which kind of bummed me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently, and as we know, you know th- these comics are canon, um, right? So, and it changes your view of all of the interactions between these characters, right. all the way through Jedi, right? So I'm like, all the way through Jedi, all the way to the last scene in the mm-hmm. Death Star between 
you know. Yeah, if there's yeah, it, grandchild. You yeah, know what I mean? it it very much reverberates, and it's still you know. I'm like, mm, I, I like even think about it now. Like, it was really and okay, sure, I see it to really. Like that was that was kind of my whole way going around this. Like even when I read it then. I was like, but yeah, so that is the thing. And um, let's put it this way. We've told you everything. I mean, granted, this is like a two or near three weeks old. So spoilers be darned. But, you know, we don't necessarily have to say that much more. Right. It is, given what we've just said, who you think it is. And it's weird. Mm-hmm. And if I scroll down, I think it does show the panel. So I'm not going to do that. Well, yeah, I will. Look away, folks. Look away. Or don't. I mean, it's... it's Read the book. Read the book. It. I mean, yeah, definitely, I would say, if you, like, you don't necessarily have to know fully what was going on at the uh, at the uh, end of, um, near the, the, the final arc of that book. But if you want to know how you got to that point, that you could, but you don't necessarily need to, because like I said, that, I, like I said, when we talked about it, it was kind of a greatest hits. Right of 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 uh, Anakin slash Vader's life going on doing there. So anyway, enough about that. That's wow. Um, Amazing Spider-Man's Let's haunted arc. Try to keep this moving, folks. Yeah, no. Um, Amazing Spider-Man's haunted arc is a bookend to Craven's last hunt. So apparently, that's a big. Those are big shoes to fill. Kinda, a little bit. Big, big shoes to fill. Craven's Last Hunt is still revered as Man, one of the a, best, you know, storylines uh, story ever mm-hmm. for you know, just ever, and especially for Spider for for uh, Spider Man and 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 those characters. So um, that's a pretty tall bill to pay. Interesting. I just found some news that I'm not going to bring up right now, but that's weird. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, you, have you read Craven's Last Hunt? Yes. Oh, yes. I believe I read it a couple of times, actually. I mean, you know, come from then to now, because I remember I was I was collecting Spider Man when it came out, mm-hmm. so I was definitely getting it. because it was the one that was going through all what three, four books at the time. Yep. Six. Yep. Yep. I don't know. It was three. like six books. Yeah, three it was like it was three. It was, it was three books at the time. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely read it. So, and I think it's probably one of my favorite arcs, which is absolutely not that hard to be. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot. I think the stuff leading up to Superior was probably pretty decent, there, but I even though I hadn't finished that, but yeah, it's definitely a good one. Um, definitely. Alrighty. Um, next up. Ne- next up, enter the Spider Verse. Spider Verse now and oh, Nikes! I just overwrote the stupid. Uh, That's fine. Uh, Hold on, I got you. I got you. I got you. Oh wait, hold on. Undo. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. Undo. So I'm trying to. They do. won't undo. Hold on. Are you undoing my undo? Oh wait, get off of it. Uh. What just happened? Okay, really? That's annoying. It usually works, but you know what? Whatever, I got it. Um. So, 
speaking of Into the Spider-Verse, you can go check out, uh, actually it still looks like it's still going on. If you are a part of Comics Unli- Comicsology Unlimited, you can go read um, the whole of Spider-Verse. Um, which, going into Spider-Geddon, you might want to do. <laughs> Just saying. So, but, um, and I believe you can borrow it uh, as opposed to buying them outright because there is a sale going on on the Spider Verse books. But if you are a part of uh, Comics Online Limited, you can read them for free. Okay. Which, luckily, I was going to, um, I was trying to find the, the issues to Spider Verse anyway. And I'm glad the, the, especially the one big, um, com- the, the um, trade of it that they have on here. So I just picked that up so I can read it. So I can go into uh, Spider-Geddon. But yeah, but you can go check that out. Uh, okay. Next up. Uh, Sp- yeah, Spider-Man Into the Vice. So I, I, I'm hoping this book is coming soon. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The Art of the Movie is a book that is out now. Um... So, and it's basically, as the as it says, it's the art of the movie. And um, I've seen a couple of pages from it, uh, and it looks good. So I'm going to get this book. It is 40 bucks US. Actually, you can probably find it cheaper, and I think I did find it cheaper on, like, Amazon. Um, but, yeah. But, but it's a book that is out there. You can go check it out if you are so inclined. Oops, we can skip that because that's not no longer. I took that out anyway. But there was, I will say this: there was a um, a couple of days ago. There was a, if you're looking at the video, there was a a couple of there was a t-shirt place called Rip that they had a couple of um, in Agent Seventy. You'll appreciate this. Is why I kind of kept this along. The a couple of t-shirt designs. Uh, speaking of Spider Man, there's one. Yeah. With the, the Wu Tang symbol. So Rip does, has their things like they put them on sale for a day. Some uh, technically two, but they they put them on sale for one day and then they then they uh, they put them in the vault or whatever the case may be. So I'm pretty sure this may or may not come up again at some point. But there was this one with the Wu Tang symbol with uh, Miles's um, color scheme. Sure, web scheme. If you look in the video, then there's this Batman one with his villains, and then of course this one, this other one. The spider. Um, this, now, the weird thing about it with, with this last one, if you go to the actual site, it doesn't have the the little uh, the little graffiti logo on the on the chest, mm. which is weird. But regardless, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back up again. I didn't get a chance to get because I was going to get at least one of those, but I didn't. So, uh, but on to actual news. Uh, let's see, spider. Here we go. You doing this one? The, Hearthstone, no, that's what you're up to. Uh, Marvel creating game with former Hearthstone developers. Uh, so Marvel is working on a new game with Second Diner, Second Dinner, a new studio opened by former Hearthstone developers Brim Brode, that's a name I know of from, from Hearthstone, and Hamilton Chu. According to Friday, little is known as about the untitled game. I'm going to guess it's a card game, but I could be probably wrong. Uh, that picture looks like the picture from Marvel Heroes, the game that is now dead, and uh, that makes me sad. But regardless, um, so yeah, look on, be on the lookout for that. There's no title or time frame from the game, so I will definitely let you know when that happens. Next, Marvels Rosamond and Purden have been promoted. This is internal Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, Bill Roseman, who was definitely a part of the, I want to say the writing of, if not something, uh, I think he was a part of that Spider-Man uh, PS4 game as writer or something. I know he was definitely, there was an Easter egg of his in the game, but I know, uh, but I think he's had something to do with it. So yeah, Roseman has been named vice president of Marvel's games division in addition to his previous role as creative director. Uh, Roseman joined the Los LA-based division after an eight-year stint uh, editing comics for Marvel. Ricky Purton has been promoted to talent relations director after previously being a manager of that department. Uh, he joined in 2015 after working for DC. So I guess congrats to both of them. Next, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang's Paper Girls will end in July 2019. I think Tim's probably the only one who's reading this book. Who was reading this book? I don't know if he still is or not. So um, it's interesting. They they're they're ending it after thirty issues. It's still mm-hmm. a round number, right? And I'm assuming that the the the, the story that uh, was was being told was being told well. I guess I don't know. I didn't read. I've never read the book. Apparently, it went places. Uh, next up. That's you. Oh, Robin Wood uh, joins Buffy the Vampire Slayer from Boom Studios. So it's going to be a new Boom book. Uh, and they're going to introduce the character of Robin Wood, who, uh, if you remember vamp- the Buffy the Vampire Slayer canon, uh, was the son of a Slayer who Spike killed uh, at one of, you know, as we saw in a flashback to one of the seasons. So, and I don't know where this book is being taken place, but apparently this is before he okay. becomes principal looks like of um sunnydale high so this might be like early which which is kind of weird because he didn't anyway it doesn't matter that's i don't know we're going to just keep on all right so speaking of books that are ending green arrow is going to end with issue number 50 yes so yeah apparently yeah um green arrow no more actually that's not true but um Ah! (laughs) but yeah so it says, um, da, 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 yeah, it'll be the final of the current series. I think they, they said there's probably more plans to with uh, Green Arrow, but maybe not with his own book. I don't know. That's speculation. So there you go. Um, DC cancels another New Age of DC Heroes series, and that one being the, I believe that was The Unexpected, which I think we talked about before. Um, let's see, the publisher of the advance for March revealed that the curse, oh, excuse me, the curse of Brimstone will be canceled following its 12th issue, not the unexpected. Um, the disconfirmed previous reverse that the series would be ending along with fellow new uh, age of DC heroes side, sideways. So sideways is also, um, ending, mm. which, yeah, I wasn't really sure about what was going on in that book anyway, so. Sorry to see Wasn't these three books. All right. Next up. You're saying? Oh, you're going to add something no, to that? Ne- no, I'm saying next. Uh, <laughs> so DC Comics has a new superhero. Uh, appropriately in the Vertigo comic section. Um, he's got a Messiah Complex. Now, who do you know who has a Messiah Complex on? Might just be... Jesus Nate Gray. Christ. Oh. Yeah, right? 
So DC Comics has released its advanced solicitations from March 2019, which includes the debut issue of the new Vertigo series, Second Coming, by writer Mark Russell and artist Richard Pace. The new series sends Jesus Christ, the Son of God's Earth, to learn to be the savior of mankind by rooming with Superman analog Sunman. Oi. So it's being written by Mark Russell, who I believe is also doing the Wonder Twins book, and who also did that Snaggletooth um, miniseries last year. So I expect there to be some political commentary in the book. And as you can see, there is the the the, um, the cover of <laughs> the first issue. Um, speaking of the cover, done by Amanda Connor, and the art will be done. Did, did, um, by Richard Pace. You know, DC has had some weird characters um, in, in, in his bench. This is... Yeah. Anyway, the Justice League will fight their future in the sixth dimension. Um, I guess there's an upcoming storyline in Justice League, which I have been keeping track of. Uh, the sixth dimension, the DC's greatest heroes will have to square off against older versions of themselves and deal with an all-powerful Mr. Mitzelplik. Of course. We are yeah. talking about the sixth dimension. I know, right? So, there you go. I don't know. Might be good. Um, so, this is going to start in March with Justice League 19. The sixth issue storyline will revisit the sixth dimension, which was introduced by Mark Wade and Brian Hitch back in 2001. Which I felt like I was thought was earlier than that, but anyway. Um... I'm going to slide this in here, even though I didn't put that in there, but we'll do that uh, right there. Next up, spoiler alert. This is this week's episode of... In this week's issue of Detective Comics, Mm -hmm. DC has killed off a major Batman supporting character. So it has something to do with... A me- uh, uh, the, the character has a medical background. Hmm. That's a spoiler, and you know that's a spoiler. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at the video, you can kind of see it in the permalink. Or right. if I happen to scroll down, and you recognize who that might be, right? Or that, which that's kind of sad because I thought I, for, for, when I read this article, I thought fridging for for some, of it, but at the same time, I was like, no, nah, it can't be. The, I mean, I don't think that's the case. But yes, a long-standing Batman supporting character has now been killed off. And will probably never show up again. She's probably been Bill Fostered. I still um, think Bill Foster's coming back at some point. Uh, but um, You have more faith than I do in, in these people. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, what, next. 30 years almost? Anyway. Um, yeah, when was the first Civil War? Exactly. Anywho, <laughs> oh, but the, all this stuff happened so fast. Mm, yeah, well, the first Civil War was, I think. Yeah, but there, how many people have come and gone and come and, and gone again and come back again in the, in that span? That's that's not going to happen. Well, I think <laughs> the character is on the radar because he was in uh, what's call it? Yeah, yeah and that's yeah, that's the only radar he's been on. Um, anywho. I, I'm, so I'm throwing this in here before we get to this next one uh, because I forgot to put it in the lineup in that DC pays tribute to Stan Lee in this week's comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a it was a pretty nice um, you know so now if you're watching the video you can see it and it says uh, with utmost respect from the distinguished competition which I do love that they they've been called that 
Um, Excelsior in memory in memoriam Stanley, nineteen twenty two, nineteen twenty. Uh, excuse me, twenty eighteen, and DC logo. Blah blah blah. blah. And this is at on in at the back of all of this week's books. Mm-hmm. So anyway, next story. Um, Philip Bond returns with amnesic am, uh, assassin in Eve Stranger. So this is okay. Philip Bond is an artist, uh, and this is this book is a five minute issue miniseries brought to you by Black Crown IDW's creator owned imprint for fiercely independent voices. Uh, it's going to come out in a- April, and it follows the story of a formidable young woman with unnatural ability and repeatedly wiped memory. Uh, available to the highest bidder un- under the threat of exploding nanobombs in her bloodstream. This sounds like Dollhouse. That's all I'm going to say. Moving right along. Next up, here's a list of what's coming to Comixology Unlimited in January sure. 2019. So we don't we have to go through stuff. all of that, but yeah, this is some fairly new stuff. I guess notable would be Avengers uh, Children Crusade, which is a, a miniseries I haven't read in a good while. And speaking of Civil War, there's a couple of Civil War and some champions from last year or from a couple of years ago. I guess this is the first arc of a lot of this stuff. Uh, and um, the, the first arc of Mortal Hulk and some other stuff. Anywho, um, Aftershock proclaims 2019 the year of reading dangerously, quote unquote. Uh, so it says Aftershock to the industry's fastest growing independent publishers prominently is promoting both new and established comics audiences to the read dangerously, uh, claiming 2019 to be the year of reading dangerously. Um, supported by a robust advertising and marketing campaign, this call to action will serve as a running kite behind. Uh, behind all Aftershock brand activities and initiatives all over the course of the year. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, I figured you'd get a kick out of this one, even though it's not comic related, cool. but take it. Of course. So, uh, B.I.G. and the Wu-Tang Clan are going to be honored with street names in New York City. Uh, of course, they're going to be in their respective home boroughs, so mm-hmm. Biggie's going to have a street in Brooklyn, and um, Probably Long who's going to have a, a street in uh, Shaolin, a.k.a. Staten Island? Yeah. Wu-Tang Avenue. That's, oh wait, is there, I don't even know if, it, if they if they say it here. Um, But yeah, like I said, not comic related per se. Oh, it's the Wu-Tang Clan District. <laughs> nice. According to this uh, Instagram uh, picture that is here. And why are they talking about Woody Guthrie? Oh, New York Times voted unanimously to recognize the Brooklyn rapper and Staten Island Collective alongside folk. So Woody Guthrie is also getting a street name, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, da, 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 da. There's no picture of the 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 the, the biggie one though, just the Wu Tang one. So I don't know. I'm sure you'll you'll find it. <laughs> well, was. I mean, so the locations are um, for uh, for big. It's uh, like St. James Place between Fulton and Gates Avenue. It's like where you grew and, up, right? Right. That's going to become Christopher Wallace Way. Right. Uh, Vanderbilt yes, yeah, Avenue yeah. and Targi Street in Staten Island will be named the Wu Tang Clan District. Hmm. And Mermaid Avenue between West Thirty Fifth and Thirty Sixth Street in Coney Island in Brooklyn is going to be called Woody Guthrie Way. Right. Right. Cool. Um, you, I, if you ever 
get around to these places, you'll be sure to get us some pictures. There you go. And on that note, folks, um, we are at the end of the news section. We got another ad read before we bring this joker home. Sure, we had a nice long episode to cover extra extra news and extra comics for uh, basically two weeks of mm-hmm. uh, stuff. So, our last ad read of the night, because you might be hungry after listening to all this, is for Blue Apron. Blue Apron's meal delivery service has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And as we end this here show for tonight, and we start off a whole brand new year of Cumber Chronicles content. Say that five times fast. Um, shout out to Matt Wang, as we tend to do, because he just... Wait, what did he just say? Because I know he's been watching. He said, uh, oh, great show, Mr. Bunch, because I had to hop on a call with Asia. la di da Hey, because it's, it's 12 noon over there. Right. Uh, but we'll watch the rerun on YouTube. Well, we're happy to see you one way or the other on Always. Good, sir. Um, you know, I saw the, the picture of uh, him and his his lovely family on his Instagram. There you cute. go. Um, anyway, like I said, we're going to end the show for tonight, and we will be back next week with another episode of Combo Chronicles. Um, at some point, we will be doing the... 2018 year end uh, prediction show. We'll have to get that together at some point. But until then, folks, um, whoops. this has been the Combo Chronicles, and we are out. Peace one. <laughs> oh, was... thank you for correcting my English with things. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your email?